Blog Talk Radio. Mama stature up this week. But it's, listen, 
Oh, my God. I just want to encourage you parents because what y'all go through, especially when they could teenagers, jeez, man. <laughs> woo. Woo, woo. <laughs> right? But, you know, so, like, you know, we, we had a really good discussion. I was really excited, you know, excited about our discussion because, you know, so many young ladies out there, man, uh, it's so much growing. It's a lot growing up. It's a lot, you know, especially I can't imagine. I mean, it was hard for me growing up in the crack era, okay? I can't imagine growing up in the age of digital, the digital world, uh, social media, um, over-sexualized culture, over-sexualized to the point that sex isn't almost a big deal to uh, sometimes young people now. I mean, such a interesting hodgepodge of things that you have to, um, I mean, you have to, like, you know, deal with as a young person. And, oh, my God, just I just had some, you know, me and her just talking, we just had some eye-opening moments, you know. And, man, you know, I'm the type of auntie. I'm the type of auntie to my friends, kids, you know, when they doing something off the truck, I be talking to you like I talk to y'all on here. I be like, man, so you you want this. So this is the kind of shit you want. I talk to you. I talk to you like you grown. <laughs> when you doing grown people shit, I talk to you grown. <laughs> right? And so that's why I think sometimes often that's why my friends use, uh, use me. But, I mean, man, I just, it's eye-opening. I, I really have to say. It is eye-opening, and, man, shout-out to parents who can navigate the waters <laughs> of having teens in this age, man. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Trust me, man. You know, oh, Lord. It's a, you know, like, you know, I had my thing growing up in the, you know, I was talking to her tonight about growing up you know, a little bit dating and my my first relationship and stuff like that and the things that I went through. And I was talking about how hardcore my granny, you know, I I, I look back and, you know, me, me and my granny were just talking today. My granny a trip chat. <laughs> but me and my granny, I, I, I remember having this first, my first, you know, I had boyfriends, you know, little boyfriends here and there, you know, you six, sixth grade, grade school and stuff like that. But when my first, I had my first major boyfriend, you know, he was real popular, he was a basketball star in the city and everything like that, and I remember, you know, my grandmother, like, you know, as I'm getting more serious and I'm dating this guy, and it looks like I'm dating him a long time, I remember my grandmother calling me up to my room, <laughs> and standing in the room, and she said, sit down, <laughs> and I was like, she said, let me tell you something, <laughs> first off, I want to let you know this, <laughs> I ain't raising nobody, I ain't raising nobody else's kids, okay? Let's get that straight. <laughs> and you see all this? See all this around here? <laughs> you see how good you got it? I suggest you don't fuck it up. <laughs> My granny was chill. I suggest you don't. You ain't gonna let me tell you about it. Let me, let me, let me explain something. See your little friends pregnant and stuff like that. You gonna be able to go to prom. You gonna be able to go to, the, and that was my thing. Okay, you know, you 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 scared me. <laughs> First of all, we started yelling after the 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 real deal about <laughs> what it is. And I had friends who were struggling at the time. 
in my youth, I had friends who were teen a lot because in the crack era there was a lot of teenage pregnancy and stuff like that. And I had friends. I had probably about two or three friends that are pregnant and you know getting ready to have babies and stuff like that. And I remember going sometimes with them to like to sign up for their stuff, like just going to be a friend and stuff like that. And they be signing up for WIC and shit and uh, uh, Medicaid and shit. My grandma said, "You don't want that shit. You want to continue to be young and enjoy all the shit you got." Why you can't? <laughs> that shit scared me so bad. Shit, she scared me straight. She said, so I suggest if they can't give you what we giving you, you better chill. <laughs> I mean, but that's your decision. It's your decision in life. <laughs> I love I love my green to this day. And it's so funny because I'm similar to her in my energy. Like in my energy when I'm talking to young people, I'll be like, hey. You know what I'm saying? So I'll be like, ooh. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, so like you, sometimes kids don't realize how good they got it. Like you know what I'm saying? I had one of those grandmas who was straight up with me, and plus I had an energy of some. I have younger. I have women around me who were younger, older, but who could talk sense, talk to me, and help me navigate. Sometimes you know what I'm saying? People, I, I listened to the elders at times. Sometimes I didn't, but sometimes I, you know, I did. I would listen. So it's it's. Today, it's so different because the world is rushing and uh, and kids' attention span is like this and stuff. But it was so interesting. We had a sit, me, her mom, and her sit down. We had a talk tonight. Her mom was telling her struggles of of, of being as she was when she was a young lady and some of the stuff I didn't know. Man, she it was mind blowing that she was telling us like how tough she had it coming up in the era. Like, she moved out early, was with a man early, you know, um, getting, he was a cheater, so he was giving STDs all over the place and stuff like that. Oh, my God, it was powerful. And I think it just has such a powerful impact. So this is why I'm saying all this tonight is because women especially, you know, the Bible says, one of the things it says is you have to teach the younger women, okay? And listen, when you got time, to love on a younger woman who's going through the growing pains, who's not understanding, like, you know, because when you you 17, your 17-year-old mind really don't understand, even though you're feeling the new, the the, the thing, constructive love and stuff, you really don't understand this shit. <laughs> like, when I look back at me, I be like, damn, I really didn't understand what was going on. But, you know, like, you really, so you need uh women to love on you and encourage you and to um uh to help you to uh gain a sense of um to help you to navigate through those waters of womanhood. You know what I'm saying? So it's beautiful I could be a part of that. I love that. I love I do. I love that. I, I I do that with my own family members when I can. I love to Pour into some young part, a young lady, especially young women. Sometimes I can pour into men too, but young women's life because more women need to do so. You know, because sometimes we got such a world out here where the world is fast, and sometimes younger women can sometimes look at an older woman and think that we trying to compete. Ain't nobody trying to compete, <laughs> but you know, and not understanding that we are there as guys to help you through because where we already been, we done already walked your path, baby. We maybe walked it in a different age, but we walked your path. And it's so funny because 
while I see it being more difficult for young ladies, I also see it being like there are some things that she was like we we talking about the crack era. She's like what? <laughs> like she is shocked. Like she didn't even. She's like y'all was what y'all was seeing on it. I was like child, yeah. I said that's why I said you up here. You in a nice little suburb and stuff. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? So it's it's very so even they didn't even have to navigate tough times, some tougher things like I, we did in the '90s. Kids growing up in that '80s, '70s, '80s, and '90s, growing up trying to navigate through before crack, after crack, pre crack, post crack, during crack. <laughs> that was some real shit. Right, so and how that affected the communities and urban centers all over the United States and stuff like that. So sometimes these kids don't really know how good they be getting it, okay? But I just thought about that today because I was like, man, it's so beautiful to have that moment, you know, where you young, where you can pour in the young people's life and help them navigate those waters, okay? So I want to encourage you, women, when you get a chance, don't be scared to navigate. I mean, to help a young lady to navigate through the waters, no matter what age she is, and she's older, younger, I mean, she's not me, an older, younger person than you or a younger person, younger person or whatever, it's always a beautiful thing when older women come and can help another woman, another young lady navigate those waters. Because women helped me do it. Man, I remember I had some beautiful women at every stage in my life when I was trying to navigate <laughs> Now, this, as I get older, sometimes it's a more a harder process. But I remember I just having, mute, like, people there that navigate me and say to me, speaking in my life, and be like, uh, <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you what we how we see it or whatever. You know, so it's always a beautiful thing, and it helps. And uh, even when you think people aren't listening, it really can help you, okay? So that's that. That was something I wanted to share with y'all that I thought was beautiful tonight. Also, also this week, I saw two good films on Netflix, so I thought I'd tell y'all about them. Child, Netflix is on Netflix. Let me tell you something. Okay, these writer strikes, I don't know. I'm looking. I understand why the people striking, writers and actors and stuff like that. But I'm going to be honest with y'all. Ooh, they they like, Netflix like stacked with material. Oh, my God, it's going to be hard. It's going to be I don't know if protest was the answer, you know. Actors are a different beast. But oh, these 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 um, for the writers, ooh, they gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough out here because now, you know, like I was looking at Netflix, they're able to get films from all over. I mean, it's just crazy. It's a different world. Globalism, globalism is a beast. Mmm, it's gonna change a lot of stuff. I mean, it's already been here for a minute, but oh, it's getting more intense. So, yeah, it's interesting. So I watched this film. Uh, I think it was based in, I want to say it was based in London. I'm not sure how. Who is Aaron Carter? It was so good. It's like an action film about a girl being a, like, she 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 had a background and she was trying to raise her daughter. Oh, my God, there were so many twists and turns in it. Oh, it was so good. And then I saw, that's just something for y'all to watch on Netflix. And then I started watching, um, was it The Changeling? The Changeling or The Changeling? With uh, the guy from, uh, let me see who's in it. Let me look. Lakeith. Lakeith did, uh, oh, my God, it was good. What is it? I'm trying to think what it is. Uh, and I like, you know what, I kind of like, 
I hate to be telling you, the Changeland. I think hold this right through Apple TV. Let me put it up. Let me see. Okay. People probably don't like it, but see, I like these type of movies, okay? Maybe other people don't like them. They're, the Hollywood Reporter that says, um, it's the Keith Stanfield, I think he's in it. But the Hollywood Reporter is saying the Chainson director has seen the negative reviews and is weirdly proud of them. At its best, Apple TV's new series, The Changeling, has been called the most unique fantasy show of 2022 and, it's worse, and, at, worse, and at its worst, mediocre. Director, executive, producer, Jonathan Van Tulliken is fine with either assessment. When people don't like it, they really don't like it. When people love it, they really love it, he tells the uh, uh, Hollywood Reporter of the strong reactions to the horror fantasy, which debuted its first three episodes, September the 8th. Now, that's the one thing I don't like, because I feel like a film like this could have just been done in a, I don't like you releasing three episodes and you make me wait. That shit pissed me off now. Now, streaming services, I'm sorry I'm drinking, y'all. But streaming services piss me off with that. Just release. I like Netflix. I appreciate Netflix because they release all their shit usually. <laughs> I don't want to wait. I'm gonna, I just, you know, I want to be able to watch it when I want to watch it. Like if I want to watch the first three and then come back and then watch the next three next week or if I want to watch it all in one scoop or something like that, I'm impatient now. <laughs> right? So, uh, but it says you never know it's going uh uh, how it's going when you're making something All you can do is immerse yourself in the story Especially as a director I hope you get the best performance and best visuals It is actually very good to me I know it's going to turn out to be some sort of witch I'm attracted to the like I'm like I like the uh, Witches of Mayfair that comes on uh, uh, The uh, M- What's it? Is it M- no is it Oh god which one is that Comes on I forget the streaming services I cancel them after my show ain't on <laughs> But uh, what is it mm. The Witches of Mayfair, I don't know when it comes on, but I love stuff like that. Uh, the reason why I like that kind of, and this is going to be some sort of witch story. I can tell how it's going, okay? I, it's kind of, it's turning out that maybe there's a, some, a group of witches or something, something like that. I tend to be fascinated by those kind of stories, not because I'm into witches, but because I like the supernatural. So I tend to be very into interested into into supernatural uh Shows and his. I'm a Scorpio with a Leo rising. <laughs> yes, I like the, some of the dark stuff. <laughs> it is so funny because when I was a kid, my grandmother, who is a Pisces, right? Well, my grandma is like, is she a triple Pisces? No, she's two Pisces, I think, in a Scorpio rising or something like that. It's weird. I can't even remember. But when I was a kid, my granny. We used to love Friday Fright Night. Me and my grandmother, we make a big deal out of it. My grandfather used to be like, "Why you gotta watch a Friday Fright Night?" <laughs> but we used to like make a huge. Like we have like our. It, we make a big deal like we have popcorn, cookies, cakes, everything. Like you know, we be like, "Okay, we can't wait to watch Friday Night Fright Night." We be usually sleep by the second movie. <laughs> but we loved all. But and it, we we didn't like the weird like like weird like uh, how can I explain it um, 
like just scary for nothing movies. We didn't like stuff like that. Like I don't like Freddy Krueger and stuff like that. Shit, I don't like nobody playing with dreams and shit like that. I don't mess with that because dreams, a dream state is really real. And thing, I mean, and to my personal opinion, I don't want nothing affecting my dreams because <laughs> dreams can be you can be very powerful. But uh, but uh, but we like. Um, Films, scary films with a sense of supernatural realness. Like, I don't know how to say, like, kind of dark thrillers or dark tragedy. Dark, you know, stuff. So we used to look like the birds and stuff like that. We like, the, what if the bird, which, what if human nature turned against us? <laughs> like, me and my grandma be having, like, I'll be seven to eight. We'd be talking about this stuff. We'd be like, hey, Granny, what is this? She'd be like, I don't know, Kiki, this is. But we like, we're weird. <laughs> And my grandma used to read all, like, the Stephen King novels and stuff like that. And my grandma has these, used to have them back in those days really long periods. <laughs> so, you know, so we're all kind of, we're not, God, I got to explain this to people. We just kind of, we just, we have, like, witchy vibes. We like, we like little, like, films, dark films, you know. So we always see that God made us with, with, where we can, we, we can, we pay attention to the dark because, Darkness gives a um, gives the other side of light. You know what I'm saying? It shows like what could we become? What could we become in our most uh, uh, damaging state and stuff like that? And it's weird because like we like all the the, the like uh, the, the the crime shows and everything. <laughs> Maybe we were supposed to be detectives. I don't know, but it's weird. So yeah, so I like uh, this movie. Uh, with the Changeling, I really like it. It's a it's a weird sort of uh, movie. It's I'm, I'm thinking there's so there's a couple of things I can see why people are disappointed in it. There are a couple of things that are taking too long to get to. I don't like that. I like you to get to the point. Tell me the story. Tell me where we're going fast. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then give me more stories so that I can so that 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 builds off the story. And it's a weird story because. She, uh, this is about this young lady who goes to, uh, who who meets this young man, and they fall in love and everything, some married kids and baby and everything. But she goes to this weird uh, thing in Brazil, and she has this, this lady puts a string around her wrist and stuff like that for three wishes. It's really strange and stuff like that. But I really believe uh, three wishes is about the best kind of life you want. See, because it's really, a, it's a, it may be a horror film, but it really has elements of real, like, life things in it. So it's very interesting. But let me see. Uh, it says, uh, what's, what follows, okay, it says, uh, not long after the birth of their son, Brian, nightmares, uh, Brian, nightmare circumstances, okay, let me see, let me see this. The TV adaptation of Victor Laval's 2017 bestseller of the same name, was written by showrunner and executive producer, producer Kelly Marcel, and it's pegged as a fairy tale for grown-ups. Not long after the birth of their son, Brian, nightmarish circumstances befall main characters Apollo and Emma, played by Lakeith Stanfield and Clark Baco. What follows in the, is an odyssey of that uses European mythology, transcontinental African folklore, American ideologies, and religious dogma to explore the perils of parenting, notions of fate, and generational curses, and the questions of whether any amount of nurturing can offset what has already been set in motion in nature. And that's what I like. 
because I can feel where they're going. Even though they're having a trouble, they're having trouble writing for it. But I'm like, ooh, you show promise. You show promise, show. And so it says, um, uh, Kelly wanted to write something that was challenging, and uh, this is from Hollywood Reporter to HollywoodReporter.com. But it says Kelly wanted to write something that was challenging and evocative, and dealt with very complex issues in a way that the best horror and, frankly, fairy tale fairy tales can. That's what stories are there to do: help us engage with real trauma and real pain. And she wanted to do that in a, in a way that honored the novel. Says. Tolucan. The novel is a very sophisticated piece of writing, and Victor is amazing at using the genre genre to smuggle big and also personal and evocative ideas to hook people in and make them think. The idea of using lore and horror fantasies to offer commentary on postpartum realities and what happens when women are forced to return to the workplace too soon or given birth is immediately outside of many viewers' conference zones, as Ben uh, Van Tuchelen, um, who says the series is deliberately unconventional. Yet the success of its execution, from its perspective, isn't so much about the um, isn't so much about the audience immediately grasping all of the compounding things within the season one's eight episodes, but rather that the approach to the series gives them gives them an alternative way to do so. Uh, it is really good. I like it. I just think, yeah, I um. I, I think I might read the novel because I might be interested in that. But yeah, it 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 it, it um if you can see those undertones in it immediately from the first episode on, like even the meeting, like how do you meet um, the love of your life or the great love of your life or is that person will you always be happy? Do things come to change it? I mean, how does the situation? How do you navigate? Oh my God. And so even though it's it's got a spooky horror element, because I mean you know because uh, sometimes life can be scary, but it's it's actually it's a very good. I like it. I like where they're trying to go. Okay, I'm give, I'm willing to give it a chance. I just want them to release the rest of the episodes because that just makes me mad. <laughs> when you play on that, okay? But it's a very interesting art. Uh, um. Let me see. It says comparisons are start starting to be made between the challenging, the challenging and them in Lovecraft country, which I have never seen, which people say I should see. I've heard a couple of people have told me I should see it. I've never watched it, which I which I think speaks more to the fact that the Black Horror Fantasy catalog is so limited than it does actual similarities between material because of race is so treated differently in the uh, series compared to others. Uh, it's very interesting. Yeah, this is an interesting article. You guys should check it out if you're interested in seeing it. It can give you an idea about what that show is all about. But it's really two good, really, shows I saw that I really enjoyed, okay? All right. What's next? What do we want to talk about? When we get back, because I think we're going on break now. Wait, did I talk about everything? Hold on, I may not have. Hold on. Let's see. Oh, yes, I forgot this. Oh, and the football season has started. Oh, my God. I, You know, I love football. I, I like sports. Uh, I don't play them. <laughs> but, uh, you know, growing up with my grandfather, being the only child in the house, we I got to watch a lot of sports <laughs> and go to games and stuff like that. So I love, you know, 
uh, of football and stuff like that. So the Chiefs lost their first game. I wasn't kind of surprised because they didn't have a lot of star people, you know, and stuff. A couple of people were sitting out, and the Chiefs need some receivers. And, yeah, I was cussing at the screen. And <laughs> but, yeah, and then was the Cowboys won there. Congratulations to my Cowboys fans out there and stuff like that. Uh, Cowboys like my second favorite. I like the 49ers too, though. But, um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, so football season's here, so that's exciting. But, okay, let me talk to y'all about another thing I want y'all to check out. There was this great Afro-Latino um, thing on YouTube explaining Latin name, Latinx. And let me see if I can pull it up, y'all, so I can tell y'all who to look at, so. Young lady, I watch her often. She has a, she's a lawyer. I don't agree. Listen, I don't agree with everything. I always have to say that I don't agree with everything that was said in this, this thing. But I do agree with a lot of it. I like what some of what she said. Um, let's see. So we got it. It's really a good. She breaks down. How Latinx, the the term Latinx, and all that stuff came to be. Very good. If I can find it here, it takes me some time. Well, maybe hold on. Let me get to. I'll do one better here. Okay. Let's see, are we going there? Y'all know how it be taking me some time. I be like. I be moving slow, but we'll get to it, okay? We will get to it. Okay. Yes. Uh, Erica Min, uh, Minya and the Lie of Latin Ad. Um, this is from a young lady on YouTube. I really like her. I listen to some of her topics and stuff like that. I don't always agree with everything, and I don't always agree with uh, I don't agree with everything in this, but a lot of it. I think she did a really good job of this. Uh, she's talking about, she, it says for her, it's Wine and Chill, that's the name of her show, and she has uh, Grab Your Wine, we're talking about colonization and decolorization for that matter, uh, on the rare occasion that there's something to actually learn from love and hip-hop. Let's discuss the broader context of Erica Mina hurling racial slurs at Spice who belong to Latin Dad and who gets to be, and, and who gets to be Afro-Latino, okay? Um let me see if I'll let you guys hear just a little bit of her so you can go there. And that people can be a little confused on race, ethnicity, and nationality. All right, this is the definition of race from Oxford from Rashawn Ray and Nicole DeLois. And I like their definition. Race is, I would say in the beginning, very dependent on where you live. It's very regional. What counts as black, white, um, biracial, quote-unquote Hispanic, Latino, United States is not the same thing as black, white, colored. That's the actual legal definition in South Africa. That's two different things. Yeah, this is really good. That's uh, the young lady. It is such a good, she did such a good job of uh, breaking uh, everything down. So you guys can check her out. Wine and chill. I think she's also a lawyer too, so it's really good to hear some of her research and what she has to say about the lie of Latin, Latin, uh, Latin aid. And I talk, I touch Latin dot, Latin dot or Latina being Latina in the U.S. 
I talked about this last couple of weeks ago. Some of y'all got married me, wrote me, but Lat- I told y'all Latino is not a race, okay? We, I, I, okay, but she really breaks down and comes with some receipts, okay? <laughs> Which I didn't have time to do, but she breaks it all the, all the way down. And it's really interesting to watch. It's, you can learn so much from it. I really love that. You can learn a lot. So in my opinion, Black people, we are allowing them, black America in particular, we have been allowing people like Joe Biden and, and a lot of people to say we're not the largest majority in major, minority in America still. That's a lie. We still are. They say Latinos are. No, there's not, that's, not, that's not such a thing. So it's a, a race is a different construct. Race and ethnicity is a different construct from culture and stuff like that, and then it, it, you'll, you'll find it interesting how Latin, the, the phrase Latin ad became to be. So very interesting. Check her out. I think she does such a good job, Wine and Chill, um, on YouTube, okay? Uh, and that's what I wanted to share with y'all for my beginning of, the, of hot topics in the show, okay? So when we get back, it's time to get into the hot topics, baby. We got a lot to talk about. Child, Tyrese was on the Breakfast Club this week, and I saw Tyrese had settled the situation with DJ Envy and Charlemagne. But child, don't I, I saw another video with Tyrese crying? I said, not a child, please, not crying no more. It's a lot, okay? We're going to talk about Tyrese later on in the show, okay? But we got to talk about um, Michael Irvin being back on the uh, NFL Network, baby, okay? Settled that lawsuit, okay? See, this is why I say don't be so quick to believe everything that somebody claims that's happening, okay? We always are very quick to believe the sexual energy against men. And I have said this time and time again on my show, and I hate when big networks, because I know they're smart enough to realize this too, I always say that men in show business, they do have to have a little bit of extra, um, You, every everything should be vetted. Let me just say this. When anybody accuses somebody of rape, I don't care who it is or any or sexual harassment and stuff like that, it should all, it should definitely be vetted. From any, even from regular people, but it's harder. And I don't know why they don't try to make this distinction. That's how I know it's an agenda. But it's harder when a regular Joe got Joe Blow on the street has 15 women accusing him of the same thing. Okay, unless he's wealthy or something like that. A lot of times, you know, women just not gonna lie on a person like that. 15 people on a person, a guy who is. Um, who is not famous or not have they where they have nothing to gain, or anybody is not going to lie on that, okay? But with famous men, there has to be extra vetting done, and this is why I say this because people will lie on the famous. They can gain a lot of things from fame. You can gain interviews. You can gain infamy yourself or fame yourself. You can write books. You can write tell-alls. You can do all kind of things. That's why I have always said not, they said, people say, well, it's 15 women against Bill Cosby. Okay, where there's smoke, there's fire. Maybe or maybe not. Maybe he was a hoe back in the day. And 15 of them women is pissed. 
Okay, and they all and, and and people get together and people will lie because they know it's a thing. Hey, one person you say copy rape me, then Timo come through. It could be copycats or it could be the truth. But the problem I have today with especially with a lot of uh, court systems and stuff like that, I have seen because a lot of these people are convicting people with no evidence. I don't know how you can get. It's hard to convict somebody for 20 years after the fact, even if they've got 10 people in a row because fame denotes something else. Fame is a beast. It, it, the famous will tell you they have to be careful all the time because they, they got people just waiting to sue them. If you fall and you on a famous person's driveway, you probably going to be like, oh, my back. If you follow Jay-Z and, and them back driveway today, you probably going to get my back. Oh, Lord, my back hurts. <laughs> Oh, I think my neck broke. Because <laughs> you hoping Jay-Z and Beyonce's uh, uh, insurance or, or something to settle with you. Whereas if you follow on somebody's regular driveway, you just get your ass back up and walk to your car and say, dang, I kind of hurt myself. Right? But it's people, famous people have a lot of things. Even price gouging, like famous. Like I was watching a video this week of a rapper, I think it was a rapper or a comedian, somebody getting a haircut. And the dude, he had the dude say, dude said, how much? He said, yeah, how much is that, sir? And he barely did anything. He faded out around. He said, it'd be $120. He said, $120 for what? <laughs> you didn't do nothing. So I didn't give you $100. Although it was joking out. But dude was like, yeah, that's going to be 100 But he's price-gassing him because he thinks he got it because he's famous. Famous people have to deal with a different different beast than you. That doesn't mean they can't be rapists. That don't mean they can't be dogs. That don't mean they can't be this. It just means that you have to vet a little harder because of the things that fame brings with it. And Michael Irvin may be proof of that. So we're going to talk about that when I get back. We're going to talk about Coco Golf up in here winning the U.S. Open. I am so proud of her. And you know what I like about her? I like because I love the way she talks. She kind of tough. She kind of gay pretty. I like her. I like her. That's like that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna talk about that and a whole lot more when we get back on the CC show. Okay, so y'all, we getting ready to start. Uh, what are we gonna start it off with tonight? I don't know, Chad. I thought I knew, but now I don't know. Okay, we're gonna start it off with um. Man, it makes me so mad because I had a song up for y'all. I was going to start with, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. I don't know. Let's start it with, with one of my favorites, okay? I love this song. It never, ever gets old. One of my favorites. I remember I talked about bands last week. What happened to the bands? Atlantic Star, all in the name of love. It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all.
I'm just gonna like that. I'm 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 just gonna force that song on y'all. <laughs> Not that I like it, but y'all seem to. Okay, so I'm playing, playing. 
when did this son get replaced? Is this the cop, when the cops come knocking and get replaced with this son? I always wondered that because it, it started disappearing when this son came out. Like it disappeared from the playlist at the show. Like it was on what was that other show called? Was it was it me and Jay Blige tour? That he he had when the cops come knocking on. Was it the night tour? It wasn't even having on the night tour at all. What was the other one before the pandemic that he was running around here doing? I forget the name of that one. There was another one before the night. I think it was called Night Two. <laughs> Woohoo! Oh Lord, it is what it is. So we back out here, y'all. Um, let's see. Let's talk, okay? Man, what are we gonna talk about tonight? Okay. So oh, I forgot. This is the anniversary of nine eleven. You know. My goodness, because I, I, I sometimes I forget, I forget, I forget, not forget, not in, a, and I'm not saying it's in a in a bad way, but sometimes life is, I for, you know, we forget, I forget about that time, but oh my God, I remember that years ago, I just come, I had actually lived, I think I just came from New York like a couple of weeks before then. I had been in New York, I think like two or three weeks before that, and I had remember coming, I remember staying home that day from work. I was at home that day, and I was off, and I had turned on television, and I was like, what is going on? I was just, like, in shock. I was like, did that plane just go through there? And I remember talking to one of my exes, uh, his mom, because his mom, uh, they live in uh, one of my, I had, you know, in my early years, <laughs> I like New York. It's about New York, man. Anyway, but yeah, so with my early, I have a dating a guy, and his mom worked at the uh, World Trade Center, and she had just she had just come home, and they were telling him to come back. I remember her telling me they were telling us to go back in the building, but I wouldn't go back. She said, "I don't know what happened with people who went back," and I was so happy that she did not go back in that building because there was a lot of people who got killed from that. It was such a tragic. terrible moment in United States history. Um, I have a lot of conspiracy theories, I believe, around 9-11. I don't believe the official story. I'm sorry. I don't. Never have, never will. Okay? But um, all I remember is a lot of things happened as a result of 9-11. Okay? And so I always look at I, I listen, I always look at things and say, you know, that there's possibility for uh, other things. But I know 9-11, it, it ushered us into a new world, um, which, listen, when we you have events like that, it is supposed to usher you into some form or some different dynamic, okay? Uh, but not the dynamic they chose to introduce, uh, a world built on fear, um, illegal searches, all kinds of things, and just interesting, okay? Just interesting. There's so many interesting things that we could talk about that resulted from 9-11. So many things. How we, you know, can you remember the time at the airport when you used to just go and people could walk up? I remember at the airport where people could just sit and wait with you for your plane to leave. 
like people could go in the actual security. There was there wasn't a security, you know, there wasn't a security thing there. Or um, not that I'm glad that we have searches and stuff, but we it introduced a whole nother like X-rays and all kind of stuff, crazy things to me. But there was that time America was a much different place, and if you had been born, I mean, the the kids, the disease wouldn't. Our millennials, I don't know if even millennials would even remember a world post 9-11. I mean, pre-9-11. Very interesting dynamic in time and what that event did to the American psyche, uh, did to the American people itself, the loss of lives, and did to New York itself, how, how New York has changed since then. So many things, right? So many things about 9-11. So, uh, yeah, prayers for people, you know, who um, who are uh, who are who memor- who uh, you know who lost loved ones in that event and have to live this every year when it comes around this time. I remember too, 9-11, I saw Maxwell. Like Maxwell came, I think, to Kansas City. Not too long after 9-11 was him. Yeah, I saw maybe about a week after 9-11. First time I ever seen Maxwell was probably a week after 9-11. I can remember it because it was so prevalent and it just happened. Yeah, I remember he was at the Midland, I think, years ago. You know, because I'm a big Maxwell fan. So that's how I could, uh, you know, I could re- I remember even that, what was happening. I can't remember. I think it's the 20th. You know, sometimes I'm trying to think. I don't remember what I can't remember what day I mean what it actually uh when that actually what the it was like the now it was a now that's what it was it was a now tour, <laughs> but it wasn't that long I don't think it had it it, it had been i don't think it had actually uh I don't think it had actually, it didn't, I think it had to be a week or two. I remember it specifically. Yeah, so very interesting um, time because he had Alicia Keys opening up there for him at the time. It was a very interesting um, thing, okay? Yeah, I just can't remember what day it was. It was somewhere um Somewhere around that time, okay? All right, you guys. So let's get into the news. Uh, Coco Golf, okay, wins um, <clears throat> uh, wins the uh, U.S. Open thing. And so she talks about uh, Coco Golf was ruthless and totally dominant. This is a CNN in her U.S. Open quarterfinal against Jelena Ostapenko. Dropping just two games in a match that could have really troubled this young American. Asapinko, although blighted by inconsistency, had been expected to pose a serious, serious questions to golf title credentials after an impressive run in New York, but was easily brushed aside 6-0 to 6-2 in a little over an hour. Golf has once again taken her game up a level this season, in particular during the second half of the year, as a 19-year-old continues to assist to her tennis start, start. And Coco's been around for a while, so she's like 14. I mean, she's been playing golf, I mean, tennis, I think, since she was eight or nine. But she, she's, I think she entered the pros at 14 or 15. I can't remember. But um, it said the improvement in golf physical attributes have been plain to see, uh, to see at 
Flushing Meadows, but the world number, uh, world number six gave an insight into the process of building the mental endurance necessary to make deep runs at Grand Slam. I think it's a, it's a very it's unique to every person, she told reporters. It comes with trial and error. What I learned about myself is that in these moments, I should not put so much pressure on these matches because when you're playing these tournaments, the pressure is always on. They're so intense and you always want to win. I just learned how to cope with that better the more I reach this level. You have some people who kind of kind of do it already when they come on tour and some who need to learn. I think that that's just a part of life and a part of learning. That's why sometimes <clears throat> that's why sometimes someone has great results, like when they come out of the gate. And then it's tough to back it up because you've just never been in that position. The more I've gotten into this position, the more I've just been able to learn how to handle it. Uh, the pressure will intensify further when Gov faces Carolina Muchova in the U.S. Open semifinals on Thursday. The spotlight is never bright on a player when uh, uh, playing at home in the Grand Slams. That was she already did that one. Okay, this old. Let me get this. Uh, Okay, let me get that one. See how we beat that one. Okay, but she, I, I chose this article because I like what she said about pressure. And she said, one of the things she said about it is she's talking about, um, um, she said, at first I used to think negative. She said, among the things that helped the most with that process, God said, was putting her life into perspective when she started to feel overwhelmed. At first, I used to think negative things, she thought. Like, why is there so much pressure? Why is it so hard? Blah, 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 blah. I realize in a way it's pressure, but it's not. I mean, there are people struggling to feed their families, people who don't know where their next meal is going to come from, people who have to pay their bills. That's real pressure. That's real hardship. That's real life. I'm in a very privileged position. I'm getting paid to do what I love and get support to do what I love. That's something that I don't take for granted. So really, I just put my life into perspective, especially in New York. I just feel like you see the perspective a lot more, especially when compared to where I live, God's added. I have a lucky life, and so I should enjoy it. I know there are millions of people who probably want to be in this position and that I am ne- that I am now. So instead of saying, why this, why that, I should just be like, why not me? Why am I not enjoying this? I should. God says she, God says she, and you can tell the difference. I can tell the difference from God's plan two years ago because she always plays with this undercurrent of intensity and anger a little bit. I don't know if people see it. I can see it. I can see it. But this time I saw her learning to channel it. Like she was channeling it, channeling it, channeling, uh, channeling <laughs> the, I don't know why I can say the word today, her anger a lot more. It was like, it was, it was, it was very, um, uh, she it didn't come out as frustration, but she learned how to, you know, to uh, maneuver. It's very powerful because frustration can make you lose. But I could see that difference in her. But she says uh, the enjoyment spills over. Um, God says she is now having so much fun playing tennis that the enjoyment is evident, and that she takes when she takes to the court. I just told myself, man, I should enjoy this she's playing. The enjoyment spills over into her interviews and press conferences, too, where golf is affable, authentic, and funny. Traits that are increasingly endearing her to not only U.S. fans, but those around the whole world. It helps, God said, too, not to think about the results instead of only focusing on, instead only focusing on having fun. I'm living a lucky life. I'm so blessed, and I won't take it for granted, she said. So for that reason, why? I think it's just putting my life into perspective and realizing how grateful and blessed I am. 
Listen, I love, listen, I love somebody who sees. Not that she don't feel real shit. You know what I'm saying? Not that she don't feel real because this, this is heavy as the head to wear the crown. Hey, it's not easy to be uh, into the limelight and to be famous, and especially the fame she's going to get from winning the – she's getting from being, winning the uh, uh, U.S. Open and, and being, like, you know, compared to Venus and Serena, you know, uh, all these things. The pressure is there, but I like – that she focuses on how blessed she is to get to do what she loves. Like she's saying, why shouldn't I enjoy this? Why not? Why not enjoy all the perks? Why not be enjoying that $3 million check they hand to her? They hand me a $3 million check for these student loans. <laughs> why not? When so many people are out here, like she said, struggling, that's perspective. That's getting it. That's just saying, yes, I get it. That ain't fake getting it either. I, I believed her when she said that. I said, I believe you. I believe you really not. You really, that, that, that that's, I believe you really feel that way. You know, some people get on here and say, hey, you know, I'm like, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm like, so, so thankful. I mean, it just, it, it radiates from her body. I can tell it, it, that there's something that has changed. Just like I can tell something has changed a little bit in Shikari. Now, Shikari still got that attitude. But for the most part, Shikari, you can see the radiance. I mean, she, her, she, her whole energy, her vibe is changed. And that's what you have to do because so many people, so many young people, there are so many young people out there that dream of winning the U.S. Open. And here you are. I saw a video of her dancing at eight years old, and I think she was having, she was at the U.S. Open, and she was just dancing around, and she was having fun. And that little girl now got, uh, what is it, 11 years later, she's won that tournament. That's pretty powerful, right? And so, uh, and it's funny how this video out of her just enjoying and having fun. That doesn't mean that discipline doesn't come with it. That doesn't mean that tough times don't come sometimes with it. That don't mean that it's hard, but it is a different, listen, it is different when you get to live out a dream. Life just flow different, right? So I, I love that. She, she ain't every time I need, I need breaks. I need it. I mean, I'm sure she needs mental health breaks sometimes, but sometimes I can't talk to the press. Oh, the, I'm about to fall apart. I know everybody is different, but I think sometimes if people don't put in perspective how blessed their life is, right, you know what I'm saying, unless you ain't supposed to do that, unless you're supposed to be playing tennis down at your local tennis uh, match, the, uh, tennis park, your park, tennis uh, park. Boy, I had my little cousin. <laughs> got to tell the story. <laughs> my little, my little niece. They were trying to play tennis, and my little mother smaller one. Now she's old. They older now. They grown women now. <laughs> I had them right when they came to visit me one time, <laughs> and I had this for a couple of weeks. And so I'm saying, how's tennis go? <laughs> and my 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 little cousin, who she's who she's like the perfectionist of her family. She does like she tries to be the dutiful. You know, I do everything right. You know. Uh, one and then the younger one is like, 
I, you know what I'm saying? I, it, 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 I get it how I live it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right? She a little bit more gangster. She always has been. And so I was like, how's tennis? You know, and stuff like that. And uh, she was like, uh, so much. She's like, oh, it's going really good and stuff like that. She And I said, oh, yeah, I heard you won your uh, first match and stuff like that. And she's like, yeah. And then so my little cousin goes, yeah, because the girl dropped out. <laughs> my little, the little one who's like, so my younger, the older one starts laughing. <laughs> And I said, so I'm asking them, do they really like titties, right? <laughs> and so my, the, the older one is going, she's the dutiful one who wants to do everything like she's Oh, yeah, I do. I, she's like, no, she doesn't. The younger one says, oh, please. <laughs> you just want to do that because you and Papa like to play together. It was hilarious. And so the, uh, the younger one, I said, what do you do when you don't want to practice? She said, when I'm done practicing, I just throw my tennis racket down and say I'm done. <laughs> right? So it was clear and evident to me that tennis was not my thing. <laughs> right? But it was so funny because it was like, you know, one was trying to be all dutiful. And I could see how that could be pressure. Had she made it, like in tennis and really did something in tennis? it may have broke her down because maybe that ain't where she's supposed to be. You know what I'm saying? But it was so funny because my little, my little, the younger one just knew it already. It was just like, she was spewing out like, oh, please. <laughs> but it was, it's, it's one of my favorite moments. I'm like, you know, I'm thinking she liked it, but really she was like, I can, I'm just playing it because, you know, I can play with my dad or whatever. She was really in the kid. But it was funny. So it's just funny. I just tell that story because it's tennis and associated with tennis. But <clears throat> it, it makes a difference when you are doing something you love and you're passionate about, not meaning in the great game of life, get to do that. I know you think they do, but they don't. I read this quote, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Let me go back into Instagram. By James Baldwin. I think I'll read it again. Just for about one hundred. Wait, huh? Oh, goodness. Let's see. Okay. Hold on. I'll read again. Sorry for that. Let me see. It was really interesting, something he said. It's an old quote. He said, talent is insignificant. I know a lot of talented ruins. Beyond talent lie all the usual words, discipline, love, luck, but most of all, endurance. Talent is insignificant. I know a lot of talented ruins. Beyond talent lie all the usual words. Something love, luck, but most of all, endurance. Okay, I say love and endurance. But I love that quote because there are so many uh, people who had who have the gun, who has the talent and everything, and it lies in graveyards all across the United States and the world. Talented ruins, as he called them. Okay, so uh, yeah, so it's a blessing if you that the small percentage, you that small percentage in the world that is getting to do what you love. Oh my God! How fire is that, man? That is just—that's fire. Not many people get to do that. Not many people make it to do what they love. Not you are a part of the 
of the of the narrow road goers. You know, the Bible says, uh, what's, this, what's the one thing you said about the uh, world to, um, uh, why is this a road to, uh, that leads to hell? Uh, I forget how it goes. Narrow is the road. Oh, God, I hate, I can't remember uh, what that, that thing is. See if I can look it up, because that's going to make me mad. <laughs> Uh, but for y'all, okay, okay, it says uh, the the wide road is the way of the. Oh, let me see. Okay, where's that? Okay, enter ye in by the narrow gate, for the wide is for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many be they enter thereby. Okay. Even though the narrow gate, even through the narrow gate, because the gate, because the gate and road that lead to destruction are wide. So, so many people go to through destruction gates, but some some people get to go through the narrow road, the harder road, and you've done that, and so you should be super proud of yourself. I love that she said that, and she said, "Hey, I'm going to enjoy it. Hey, I'm going to enjoy it." Okay. Oh my God, that's a beautiful thing. You know, it's a beautiful thing. I was hearing, I was listening to somebody this week. This is what I, I forget who I was listening to. I was listening to an interview with somebody this week, and uh, they were saying they had um, stage fright, and I was like, "Wow, well, I know. I could tell. <laughs> I mean, it was. It's not that I can tell. It's not really big that I can tell. It's just little things. I'm a people watcher, but most people don't know that about them." I mean, when you they when you're out there, they look like you're having fun to me. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, God, how dope is it that you can get out there? There's so many people who got stage fright and like just leave it alone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm a person that has stage fright. Let's just say I'm leaving it alone. You know what I'm saying? So it's a beautiful thing when you can get out there and you can do your what you love in spite of. Right, all those obstacles and destruction. You ain't got nothing to be sad about. Ain't got nothing to be hurt about. Enjoy it, okay? Enjoy it because a lot of people went through the wide road, okay? (laughs) And didn't go through the narrow road, and you made it through that road, okay? You're not a talented ruin, okay? So, yeah, I love that, okay? I love what she had to say on there, okay? All right, so let's go on to the next thing. What else I want to talk to you about? We talked about Coco. Uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Okay, let's see the next one. All right. Now, this one, I think I pulled it up. Did I pull up this? I don't know if I got this pulled up. I thought I, thought I had my next article pulled up. Y'all be knowing. Y'all know how I'll be doing up in the streets if I have a Okay, so apparently there's been a controversy because the NFL and the NBA have been adding um, to uh, the national anthem being sung, the black national, the black American national anthem. Do I have it up? Why am I not having it up? Oh, I know it. Let me see if I pull it. Yeah, I'm close. 
thought I had it pulled up, but I didn't have it pulled up where I thought. Okay. This is from Forbes.com. It says, why the black national anthem play that NFL games and U.S. Open is angering the white right wing. Lift every voice and sing a hymn written by the by former NAACP leader James Weldon Johnson in 1900, called for the liberation of black Americans and is widely known as the Black National Anthem. But its recent inclusion in sporting events is angering critics who have accused the song of dividing Americans by race. They must have not heard the song. Were you listening to the words? Actually, no offense. It's just as good or maybe even better than the national anthem. It's very spiritual. Lift every voice and sing, till earth and heaven ring, ring with the harmonies of liberty. It takes all the elements of America. Ring with the harmonies of liberty. Let our rejoicing rise high as the listening skies. Let it resound loud as the rolling sing. Sing a song full of the faith that that the dark past has tired us. Sing a song full of the hope that the present has brought us. Facing the rising sun of a new day begun. Let us march on until victory is run. It's more than that, though. It's another verse. It's a, so sometimes you think it's a third, like a church. I used to sing this all the time. Like, I used to be sing, in school. I used to be tapped to sing this all the time. Sometime when I was in high school. <laughs> the answer. Listen, uh, it's, a, it's a very powerful song. I don't know who's mad. Who's mad? What are you mad? It's a very spiritual. You're not spiritual if you don't like this song. It's actually the truth of America. I mean, very powerful. Sing a song full of the faith of the dark past. I forget the other verse. It's another, like a whole full two verses or something. Sing a song full of the faith of the dark past. You don't think your past was dark, America? You don't think it was dark, which were from the Revolutionary War to enslaving people? It chattel slavery, using race has a great division called the three-fifths human, raping, murdering. You don't think that's a dark past? I don't understand. What are y'all mad about? Anyway, how is it dividing people? Actually, it's adding to America's, uh, the, the that anthem. Now, what's going to be messing up is when everybody trying to, because see, people get crazy and be trying to, yeah, I, I want to mess with that, and I want to do bear naturally. And no, these are very specific things to the American uh, history, history that has happened in America, very big events, and slavery was one of them. Listen, every, every voice and sing was performed by the Kansas City Boys Choir, Kansas City Girls Choir before the Kansas City Chiefs and Detroit Lions NFL game the first of the regular season on Thursday. Some social media users spread misinformation that lift every voice and sing with the national anthem at the Chiefs and Lions game. That is just a lie. They sang it right afterwards. Though National Natalie Grant performed the Star Spangled Banner after lift every voice and sing with fun. Singer Will Leverman sang both America the Beautiful and lift every voice and sing before the U.S. Open men's final on Sunday. Lift every voice and sing has risen in popularity as a performance at prominent public events. For in recent years, with the NFL pledging in 2020 to feature the song before every week one game after protests against racial injustice took place by the murder of George Floyd. Actress and singer Shelley Ross sang Mr. Every Voice and Sing at the Super Bowl, uh, 17 February 2023. This song is a hymn for black liberation, including lyrics such as Mr. Every Voice and Sing to Earth and Every Ring, 
brings the harmonies of liberty. It's very American. <laughs> so I don't understand what they they talking about. The inclusion of literary voice and singing at sporting events has sparked anger from the right wing pundits and politicians, including Carrie Lake, who is frequent and vocal critic of the song America of the song. America has only one national anthem and the anthem is colorblind. Well, America didn't it used to be, America didn't used to have one drinking fountain. America used to didn't have one bathroom. America used to didn't have one cu- one hotel. America used to didn't have one uh, uh one uh, bathroom. No, 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 no. Conservatives are always full of shit, and they be claiming they're the most spiritual. Sometimes you the most you the most unspiritual people I have ever seen. And they be going to church every Sunday too. It's sad. It's just ridiculous. I'm like, what you going to church? What you learning in church? Liberals are definitely unspiritual, but what who gets the peg? The spiritual ones are the conservatives, and they are some of the most unspiritual. Un, unhinged group of people that don't know nothing about the spirit. They will be up there preaching about the end times and not be grasping what the end times, what happens in the end times. You know, so slow. I'll be like, they, <laughs> they'll be a preaching about America's going to hell, but if you say America's going to hell because of race, then they'd be like, oh, it's pop up real quick. But because there is something, I don't know what it is. Because here is the thing, I do know what it is, because religion in America was misused. I always tell people this. Christianity is not a white religion. Okay, Christianity Christianity is a Middle Eastern religion, Hebrew religion, Judeo-Christian. Judeo is not, if you read the history of Christianity, Christianity uh, had had spread its way across Europe. Africa, Africa had already, Africa already knew about Christianity. Why when people, I never understood <laughs> that people didn't think that the slaves hadn't heard the story of Jesus. Christianity had been spread throughout the world at that by that time. As a matter of fact, black Africans probably knew uh, about the slave, uh, I mean about the about Christianity, quicker than the new than the Europeans. I'm not quite sure what what what's what's going on here. But however, Christianity was used in America to make excuses to be able to enslave people, to be able to uh, 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 call him people less than, to be able to. Uh, create, uh, do massive rapes and all kinds of things they use that Bible for, okay? That's why I know they're delusional. Okay? There's nothing wrong with that national anthem. That national anthem ain't doing nothing to you. It's a very, it's a, it should be a part of the American uh, historic uh, value. As a matter of fact, I think there's two, I think both should be fun because that, because one group, black Americans, should be held in high regard in America because they built the stuff. America would not be a superpower without the slave trade. It is what it is. I see what it is. So y'all should be singing this every The least you can do is sing this different voice and sing. For a people you owe so much to. See, Andy also tells you to reap, teaches you to be repay of debt. 
forgive your debtors because we forgive those. So, so you can forgive your debtors, but you also are supposed to repay your debt. Have y'all repaid y'all debt? I mean, we 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 quick to say, forgive your trespass, forgive your debt, your 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 debtors, but y'all don't want to pay the debt. That's why I also talk about repaying the debt, paying the man what he owes. I don't understand. It's crazy. You are to repay people that you owe. The Bible says the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. And you right-wing people are calling yourself the Christians and the spiritual thought of the earth in America, and you don't think you owe a debt to black Americans? At every turn, you're finding some sort of way. Yeah, then we know them liberals over there. They fake as hell. We know they 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 are spiritual. We already see that. But you, who calling yourself spiritual, you only take one part of it. Oh, forgiveness line. Why can't we all forgive? No, it says in Psalm thirty-seven twenty-one, the wicked borrow and do not repay, but the righteous give generously. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing continuing debt to love one another, for whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. Have you repaid your debt? And you up here talking about the national anthem, a black national anthem, which is just as good or better than the original national anthem, is really more a tribute to America's full history. Do you not think you don't owe nothing? What is you think that the, the, the least you can do is let people sing the national anthem? You done pillaged the people, stole them from their land, beat on them, give them to three fifths of human, run around calling them niggas and tar babies and and having kids with them and mistreating your own children and dividing and creating colorism and then creating black water fountains and white water fountains and all the shit you was doing, hanging people in the town. Don't let me get And you think, and you complaining about somebody singing to the people who helped you build a nation? No wonder it's all going down. No wonder. This is why it's going down. Because you complaining about singing the national anthem. Lake tweeted after her last week's Chiefs and Lions game, accusing the NFL of trying to first force this device of nonsense down Americans' throats. Lake has previously slammed the NFL for including the anthem at games and a photo of Lake at the Super Bowl earlier this year sitting during every lift every voice and sing while those around her stood went viral among right wing users on social media. Bridget Gabriel, founder of conservative grassroots organization Act for America, slammed the NFL has a woke sports league for performing every song. Megan Kelly criticized the US Open for including America the Beautiful and lift every voice 
and seen before the men started. You could best believe she didn't care nothing about American beautiful. She just cared about looking at voice and things and not the national anthem. Can we just have a non-woke, non-agenda, pushy men's tennis championship? Black people have been doing this for the longest, for years. Ever since I was a little black girl and we went to black events, they sang both the national anthem and the black national anthem. I don't know where the fuck y'all been. These are crazy people. That's why I got to get on the conservatives today because they, they, they make sense sometimes about balancing the budget and keeping the border clear, but they dumb as fuck when it comes to spirituality and race, and they claim to be the spiritual people. They really not. They really deny the most. They weren't really, they more non-spiritual probably than the liberals. It's the Pharisees and the Sadducees. <laughs> Read about the Pharisees and the Sadducees in the Bible. The Pharisees believed in going to the letter of the law, and the Sadducees is like, this is a case of rocky hurrah. <laughs> and it really was about balance. These people are terrible. Just, I mean, just talking about the national anthem. After you, you, you didn't even give, you didn't even fulfill your promise. You promised the black, you promised black Americans that you would repay them the little that you repay. Couldn't even, couldn't even fulfill that. Where is the forty acres in the mute? So she want to talk shit about a little national anthem. I mean, really. Where is that? Where's the 48? You lied about that. It's really crazy. I cannot believe people are sitting out here getting upset on uh, on on that. That is that's crazy. So in honor of that, because what I just heard, I think I just had to play a little bit of Farrakhan because I feel like it's, it should, should be played. But still talking about this national American national anthem, it just just ticks me off to no avail. But let's 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 play a little bit of this, okay? I think he said it best. You might be doing the right thing at the wrong time and yet not the right result. The question that we have to ascertain is. Where are we? Not in this time, but in God's time. There is a spiritual dimension to this problem. Yes, yes, yes. And that we have to consider. Are we working against what God wants? Or are we working in harmony with what God wants for a people? That this book delineates clearly that something is wrong, yeah. wrong with the government in which we live, wrong with the leaders that lead us, wrong with us in the way we respond to our enemy and each other. This nation is not about poor people, whether they're black, brown, red, yellow, or white. This nation is about rich people privileged people, powerful people, and to hell with the weak, the poor, they must serve. Now, Harry Belafonte 
said a few weeks before Martin Luther King was assassinated, they were meeting to talk about the march in Memphis. He went over to his brother, and according to his words, he said, Martin, you seem melancholy. What's troubling you? And Dr. King said, I fear that I am integrating my people into a burning house. We don't see the fire, but the house is burning. He said to my dear brother Harry Belafonte, we have to be firemen to put the fire out. When John baptized Jesus, he said, I baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me that will baptize you with fire. Why fire? Because nothing remains in its present form when fire touches it. America must be burned. Listen to me. Because I really don't care no more about what anybody thinks. Because if we're going to go down this road and make a covenant, we can't make another covenant with death. You said, Tavis? What is that word about promise? What the, Barbara Jordan, what the American people want is simple. They want an America as good as its promise. Well, America is no good at all.
you are unspiritual. You are crazy. Y'all crazy as hell. And I don't think it's just conservatives. I think I said, so you liberals pretend like they like the stuff, but they just tolerate it so they can get done with it. They can wrap black people up in their mess, okay? So black people, I feel like that that he, that one of the things I played that for Farrakhan, well, Farrakhan was right because the elites are, are, are made up of all kinds of people at the top, liberals, conservatives, everything and we have to be a spiritual people and quit like he said making covenants with death that's a lie and it's not that they lied i wouldn't call america a liar but they the reason why america becomes a a liar is because they keep making promises and they don't fulfill them so that makes you a liar not one time making you a a a, a lie you know uh uh uh, but several creating <laughs> so so for so now I feel like black people are at a different agenda in the United States. We have to stand and has uh has the a moral compass to remind them. That's the sort of to me, in my opinion, what the Farrakhan was doing. That that speech, one of my favorite speeches by Farrakhan, he made it Tavis Smiley when state when Tavis Smiley used to have state of black America, uh state of the um uh he used to have this state of the uh as a state of the union for black America. I think I, where did I go? I think I went twice. I went to LA to, to, uh, to go. I was at the first one, Tavis had, I think he had another one. I can't remember. But I mean, very powerful sessions that they used to have. Tavis is a Democrat. Don't you remember? He, I mean, he a Democrat. They didn't drug him. They drug him. Listen, they drug Tavis for not. Sidebar. Okay. They drug Tavis Miley, boy. Are you talking about for, for, for speaking up? Tavis was right about Barack Obama. Tavis, you was right. Tavis was right about Barack Obama. He was so right. He was right about holding Barack Obama accountable. He was right about everything he said. Right, 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 and right. And him and Cornell West, all them people put put Tavis and them out. Okay, that's why I say all of them is bums too. I know every last one of all them them, them black black liberal uh, agenda. And and then you have to because they put Tavis down. Then you have the emergence, and this is not the dog or put pit them against the, them each other, but you just can see the. And what they started doing, the emergence of people like Roland Martin, the emergence of people like it was a fake, a bunch of fake Tavises running around. Okay, no offense, but who 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 would side with the Democratic Party no matter what? What I do love about Tavis Smiley is that he, even though he is a Democrat, he is open to other to hearing other opinions and other states and uh, I mean other ideas and stuff like that. He just was sell himself to one thing and he was completely right about Barack Obama and not not that we were going to pay for not holding Barack Obama accountable. And he got drugged, he got so much Tavis got more than, than a little taken from him. But he coming back now. I mean Tavis been making a comeback with that W B L S and all that I mean what's it not W B L S but that new station he's got radio station and stuff, he's been taking stuff into his own hands and and maybe stuff ha- that happened to him just so he could be able to do do his own agenda. But listen, they drugged him for not going back in Barack Obama, okay? Drug, not in the way they I mean, drugged him. 
Amy, they had sexual harassment lawsuits. <laughs> all kinds of stuff. Okay, but yeah, so so yeah, but but I but he used to have those fights of the black unions, and then one year when during the um, during uh, during uh, Barack Obama's run, if you remember, he didn't show up at that event. He was supposed to show up at Tavis's event. He didn't show up at Tavis openly criticized him because it was a chance to explain your agenda. And, you know, back then, I didn't even understand because, we, you know, we were so anxious to have the first black president that I even started getting goofy, and I knew better. Trust me, I used to, I was a person called Barack Obama a pawn from the get-go, and I didn't even start getting goofy defending Barack Obama. But, but what he was saying was very true. He was saying you, needed, you need to give an accountability for what you're going to do. And for black people to say, oh, we'll just let him have a pass. He can't be everybody's president. We were saying some crazy shit. Well, I didn't say he couldn't be everybody's president. I said he, he, hey, I said that, well, I didn't understand what the beef was. But then now I do get it, looking back at it, because we were so interested in the gender of symbolism as black people that we didn't really realize he wasn't even ours anyway. He's Kenyan. So it's just a... Um, It's just wild. It's so it's so it's very um, interesting. Okay, but I wanted to play that speech because it's it's just it's just crazy that conservatives keep doing and claim to be the most spiritual. That's wild to me. It's wild. <laughs> All right. Okay. So uh, next, let me see what we're gonna talk about. Um, what else I got up here for y'all to talk about? When we get back, oh, Lake, that's the girl who's ambiguous, Carrie Lake. Okay, Carrie Lake, you don't know what race Carrie Lake. What's Carrie Lake? I don't know what Carrie Lake is. Carrie Lake is a, a strange mixed up. She's kind of ambiguous, they say, about her race. Yeah, okay, Carrie Lake, she's interesting but kind of ambiguous. I mean, with conservatives, here's the thing. You always, you could be, like, conservatives, conservatives most black people are conservative in their, in their thoughts. You really listen to black people in barbershops and such black Americans especially. But the reason why the Republicans don't get them anymore, because there's a strange thing that has happened in politics within the last 70 years. Like my great-grandfather and them were Republicans because of Lincoln, Lincoln freed the slaves and stuff like this. So black people till the New Deal or a little bit before the New Deal, Roosevelt, because of Roosevelt, the New Deal, Black people started to switch over to the Democratic Party. Democrats were known as the racist party, the Dixiecrats. So, um, a lot of stuff, and Kennedy came into that party and stuff like that. Very interesting, the change of events. No, they switch up every several years. Now notice it's starting to happen again uh, with the emergence of Trump. Like Trump is a Kennedy in terms of, um, how can I explain this? Trump is a Kennedy figure in terms of the how he comes into the Republican Party not being exactly that a fit. Like Kennedy, for the Democrats who were the Dixiecrat and was the race, Kennedy was actually very different from them, even though there had been, uh, 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 even though the beginning of that was Roosevelt, okay? And, and but Roosevelt was still very, allegedly very racist. I mean, didn't even acknowledge uh, uh uh, what's his name? I forget the uh, runner when he won the Olympics. There's a lot of stuff there with Roosevelt. But that began to both, the, uh, it was more, 
how can I explain it? Uh, the, the New Deal that began to get a lot of black people on board with the Democrats, okay? We were getting something, okay? Because black people were a people who were very, very limited resources. So in some senses, we sold a little bit of our soul to the devil, you know what I'm saying? We were selling it both ways, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, But then the Republicans became more the party about uh, uh, catering to racist sentiments, and and stuff when it used to be the Democrats, they both switch up very well. When you read the history of 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 America and American politics, it's very interesting how they both take switches and turns as, as in the political theater atmosphere. I personally believe you you can't trust any either one, but uh, it, it, that black people have gotten to this thing where they take politics uh, too personal on a people front and not personal as far as how politics affects you in your day-to-day. Black people, are we get more concerned about, oh, we get more, we get more involved in, um, we get more, we're so offended by race, they know how to trigger us. Uh, and the Democrat and the Republicans have learned, I mean, the Democrats have learned how to not trigger us. And they look like the party, look like they're not racist, but both are. Both pass policies that have been ineffective to black black Americans. And so some have done good, some policies some policies from Republicans have helped black people, some policies from the Democrats have helped black people. But to me, both are racist groups and you have to look at them because it's a, America is a racial institution, has has had a problem with racism running through its bloodline. Okay, so uh, the American bloodline, which is politics, okay, and so I call the politics is America's bloodline, and race runs right through that, okay, so especially between black America for black America, and black America cannot afford to be choosing one group at 90%. We've just made a big mistake. We've made a big mistake in how we we have uh, done our politics in the last 50 to 60 years and not holding Democrats just as accountable as Republicans, okay? That's just, to me, my personal opinion, right? Uh, so, let's see what else we're going to talk about. When we get back, child, let's see where we're going. You know, I said we got to talk about Tyrese. Um, Trump files a motion to dismiss. We'll talk about that before we go, before we go on break. Um Okay, Trump files a um, Trump files a motion to dismiss charges against him in Georgia election cases, according to MSN.com. It says former President Donald Trump's attorneys on Monday filed court papers that marked his first attempt to try to get charges against him dismissed in the Georgia election interference case. Lawyers for Trump filed several motions that adopted arguments previously put forth by some of the former president's 18 co-defendants who have been accused of violating Georgia's Racketeer, Influence, and Corrupt Organizations Act and other crimes amid, amid alleged efforts to overtone the former president's 2020, 2020 election loss in the state. In one instance, Trump's attorney adopted a motion filed by lawyers for Kenneth Chesborough, who allegedly crafted the legal theory behind the so-called fake election schemes. Chesborough last week 
asked presiding Judge Scott McAfee to dismiss the case against him, arguing that the U.S. Constitution, Constitu- Constitution's supremacy clause barred states from prosecuting or otherwise regulating conduct that was entirely within the ambit of federal authority. In adopting the motion to dismiss, Trump's lawyer said that Chesborough's constitutional argument applied to the racketeering and other conspiracy-related charges against Trump. It was one of two finding, uh, filings Monday that pertained to Chisborough's earlier motion. Attorneys for Trump took a similar approach Monday in adopting an earlier motion filed by former Trump attorney Rudy Giuliani that would affect seven of the counts facing Trump. Trump faces 13 criminal courts counts in, sprawling, in the sprawling 41-count indictment. All of the defendants have, defendants have pleaded not guilty in the case. The motion to dismiss by Trump comes days after his lawyer notified Fulton County Superior Court of their plans to request potentially moving the case to federal court. I agree with that. I think it should be moved. An effort has so far been unsuccessful for Trump's former White House Chief of Staff, Mark Meadows. Okay, um, Here's what's scary to me, that Americans are watching Donald Trump be railroaded politically in real time by his political opponents. I'm not for it. I don't all the time like Trump. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I like some things Trump stands for, but sometimes I don't like the racial element, but both groups have racial element. Uh, Joe Biden once spoke at a segregationist uh, funeral. Uh, He once called black people, and (laughs) there's a lot to Joe Biden, too. So I don't see either one of these, you know, people. But one thing I say about Trump, I feel like there's a little bit more uh, leeway there as far as uh, what we need foreign foreign wise. Um, on the foreign front. Um, I don't like any group. If this was happening to Joe Biden, I'd be saying the same thing. I don't like when you, when you know you, there was nothing about January the 6th that was insurrection. I don't understand it. I don't know what y'all talking about. I watched that whole thing. I have not seen, there was a couple of rowdy people in the crowd, maybe about uh, 100 to 200 rowdy people out of thousands. And y'all was putting people in jail who was walking around that Supreme, that state, I mean, the uh, uh, Congress, just like it was a museum. And to me, that was the turning of making politicians um, uh, more uh, 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 um, untouchable in America. I don't believe they were going in there to attack you, Nancy Pelosi. I believe all that stuff was full crap. Some people didn't look like they were going to attack nobody. Were they coming into the Capitol to have their peace heard and they think that's their house? They should be able to come into the Capitol and, and, and have their peace heard, or peace heard and stuff like that. They have the right to protest. They have a right to not agree with the election. But the press and stuff has all bought into this because we have a group at the top who does not like the politics of Donald Trump and doesn't like where Donald Trump is going with all this. Not to say he's perfect, but they don't like it. And I don't like nobody treating nobody unfairly, and I don't like elites trying to run press, because that means, listen, when they you allow them to do that to one person, even the person you don't like, you they going to come for you next. Okay? And as black people in this country, we should really be against anything that is unfair, because we know. Okay, we know how they use these agencies, the FBI and the CIA, and nobody had the FBI and CIA used more against them than the black 
political atmosphere, and the black political atmosphere should be like, we ain't for nobody getting misused, even if we don't like you and we don't like your politics because we don't want to get misused. We already been there and mistreated. That's why I mean about black people being the moral compass of the United States and not the Democrats' lapdogs. Like you saying to you, I'm gonna check anybody. Hey, he might not be my political thing, or he might be that, but it's unfair how you treat him. Y'all know that wouldn't. I done seen it was people. It was more riots in D.C. Remember when they was trying when Trump had to go hide in the bunker during the George Floyd stuff. That's what they know. Americans got a short attention span. They was they was the people was running up into uh uh uh, uh beating up they said the secret service. People went to jail, but there was a big thing effort to bail them out. I feel like they were protesting too. It just got a little out of hand as protests often do. There was nothing but the press is making it like they ain't seen nothing like January sixth. Oh, it was complete insurrection. You you. CNN, especially CNN, at, during the George Floyd uh, 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 thing, they almost brought your motherfucking studio down. What the fuck y'all talking about? They ain't like, they ain't seen nothing like the interest. That stuff was like. Okay, so I don't see that as though. It's all, that's a lie. This just one lady, one lady got killed. It was sad. And that's because they was pushing and shoving, and the guard got upset. She was pushing and and he shot her. All the rest of most people was killed from suicides and all this. They ain't got nothing to do with that insurrection. And he got a right to question the election. I think the election was fake. I said it. And I think there's been a lot more American elections fake. I said what I said. It's ridiculous running around here. They doing this crap. They trying to pull off. It's out of control. Okay. So when we get back, we're going to start talking about um, – we got to talk about, talk about Krishan and Blueface Chat and uh, all this with them. Um, um, uh, we're going to talk about Essence and Susan Taylor. They, they, I, I have not been watching the own uh, thing on on uh, on the own network about Essence magazine because I just feel like that was they trying to regurgitate the past, trying to get us to buy into the bullshit now. No, okay and. <laughs> And we're going to talk about Stephen A. talking about why he cancels women when they talk about him, say that he's dating them and everything like that. So we got a whole bunch more to get into. We got to talk, oh, let's, wait, 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 before I go, let me get this up, okay? Mike and Irvin, I said I was going to talk to you about that. Oh, Lord, Chad, I forgot y'all. I don't know how I'll be doing. Okay, hold on. Hit that up before we go on break. Okay, it says Michael Irvin reaches settlement. This is from New York, uh, this is from Dallas uh, Morning News. It says recent settlement in Marriott lawsuit returns to the NFL uh, network. <clears throat> uh-huh. It says uh, the Dallas Morning News reported the Cowboys legend settled his hundred million dollar lawsuit with Marriott Urban, who was pulled from the Super Bowl coverage by the network in February after being accused of misconduct by a female hotel employee in Arizona, appeared on NFL Game Day morning with co-analysts Rich Eisen, Steph Marchi, Marachi, and Kurt Warner. In a statement to Dallas Morning News, NFL media spokesperson Alex Brett Miller confirmed Urban had been reinstated. 
Michael Irvin is being reinstated and will be a part of the NFL Network coverage of 2023 season. The Hall of Fame wide receiver 57 was initially sidelined from his reporting duties from both NFL and ESPN in the wake of February allegations. Okay, uh, Irvin, who has vehemently denied the accusations and maintained his innocence, filed a $100 million lawsuit that month against the employee, employee claiming he's being railroaded with false accusations. He released in March footage of the encounter with his accuser, which lasts less than two minutes. Irvin alleges he spoke with the employee about his sports media career in Sugar Hand. He also can be seen touching the employee's arm at another point in the clip before going to separate ways. Um, Marriott filed a motion in uh, relation to the suit in March, alleging Irvin displayed aggressive behavior towards the hotel employee. Details regarding the settlement terms were not disclosed according to Dallas Morning News. Prior to the NFL Network return, Urban appeared on FS1's revamp undisputed with Kip, Kip Bayless. Okay, so listen, now we know. We know they settled, so we know that whatever, they couldn't prove the bullshit, okay? You know, listen, here, and I'll tell you this, too. This kind of stuff, too, that's happening is creating unnatural affection between men and women. Men can't, like, now men can't say, you beautiful today or you look nice and stuff like that without being accused of, oh, he's sexually misconduct. And all this stuff. It's just really a weird mix that's what happened here. Uh, it, I'm sad he had, they had videotape because if he hadn't had videotape, he, his whole career could have been burnt to the damn ground, okay? And that is not fair. It is not fair for somebody's career to be burnt to the ground because somebody make an accusation. I don't care if they made 10 of them. They have to be proven. I don't care if 20 women march through that lobby and say Michael Irvin did something. I want to see all 20 tapes. I want to see all 20. And I want to hear what they were saying to 20 women. If you cannot prove that, then you should not. You should not. convict somebody or something. That's just my personal opinion. I think there's been unfair convictions across the board. Even Harvey Weinstein. Oh, I said, uh-oh, uh-oh. Uh-oh, uh-oh, Carlotta, you about to start to tell. Listen, let me tell you why, okay? I know Harvey was a hoe probably out in the street, and he probably was a trip, because I used to hear stuff about Harvey Weinstein, okay? But Hollywood, because you were upset with people, because you know it's a whole lot more fuckers out there that's been, that's, 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 that ain't got caught. That's a disposal. See, people use these using court systems and everything. I don't know if bribes is going on. You don't know what's happening to dispose of people who've been doing shit for years. But the problem is telling the tale of, of somebody. It's not that I don't believe women. Now it's not that I'm saying it don't happen. I'm saying you got to have some proof. Just because five of y'all come up with a story about Harvey allegedly doing something, if you ain't got no physical proof, I, I can't, I'm sorry, five of y'all could be lying on Harvey Weinstein because he's a very powerful man. And five of y'all hoes could have slept with him because y'all wanted the movie deal. I don't know. But you can't come telling me 50 years later. I don't know if I believe the story. And I don't believe people should be convicted because of that. It doesn't mean, listen, people say, Carlotta, you so, this is, Carlotta, women sometimes take years to tell about race. I totally understand, know that, that is real. It's a real thing. It's terrible. It's a terrible thing to go through. However, if you don't go to the police after something like that happens, especially with a famous person, it is very, and I know it's hard. It's hard. But a lot of these women that y'all talk about that sometimes be, be hard, they will come for a settlement, though. 
See, now, if you can come and get a check, you can take him to criminal court and put his ass behind bars so he won't do that to no other woman. But you showing up 50 years later to put him in criminal court with no proof and everything and then go out to the state is just weird to me. I don't know. I be coming to hear whole transactions. I don't know if I believe them or not. Okay, so because I can't tell, because it's a lot of there was a lot of women who slept with Harvey Weinstein for Rose. Okay, probably you, and they was just as complacent and complicit. I mean, just as complicit in the shit as he was. Okay, well he used his power. I I just agree. Well, if you agree, bitch, you 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 got some pre that pay. You got your did you get your movie role? Okay, well then you 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 got your movie role. Don't ain't no complaint. Goodbye. Okay, ain't no abuse of power. Was you grown? And was you a grown person? Was you was you over the age of? Uh, 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 seven, eighteen. Okay, well then, let me talk. You know the difference from right and wrong. You didn't have to speak with Harvey. You could have, you could have went and found sexual harassment lawsuit on him right then. Women who were raped, I understand that's tragic. It's terrible. It's horrible. But you should have went and got Harvey's ass and put in jail right away, so he wouldn't be able to harm another soul. But I don't believe in people coming forty, fifty years later. And, and when people ain't got no proof, and you got three people, I don't know if you three girls are telling the truth. I don't know. And because he's famous, it makes it that much more complicated because there's a lot of shit going on in Hollywood, a lot of seediness. I don't know if somebody puts you up to it. I don't know what's going on. Thanks. It's a lot of shit. So that's why I'm saying I am, I'm, a, I'm a defender of women, and I don't like women being racist, but I'm also, uh, uh, I'm also a realist. And I know it's people that be, I know it's many of men in jail because somebody done lied on their ass. thing they was guilty of was hoeing. Okay, and it's some, and it's a many of men out here free who's racist and hoes. Hey, I get it. I understand that. But I'm just telling you the real. If you want these cases to be prosecuted properly, you got to come forward right after they that shit happens. And I know it's hard. I know it's difficult because I know people that been through it. It's the worst thing ever. But if you want you want to save plenty of women in Hollywood, see, partly when you didn't come forward, you let him harass twenty different other women. So then when you got harassed in 1964 and you see I just came through it, I got ignored. And then you show up in 2010, time I want to check. I'm here to sue the state. Oh, I can't. I can't with y'all. This is because you let women. You let a lot of women out here get in trouble. So no, I, I tend to not believe you. I'm sorry. I, I know I'm controversial. I just, you know, I'm sorry. Okay, it, it is what it is. <laughs> now we're ready to go to break. Okay, I will go to break. I will be back in a second. We will come back and we will talk about these other stories out here in these streets. Meanwhile, let's lead off with. What do I want to leave out with? Uh, 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 uh. Lord, I don't know, y'all. I be thinking I know what I'm. It was something I had. I was, I was trying to think. Oh yeah, I love this song by Algebra. Okay, uh, what is it? You talking it up? Child, I be thinking I got my stuff up and I don't have it up. Wait, <laughs> I can never give y'all just a complete like a nice like flow to the break, right? It's so you know I don't know what's that. <laughs> I don't know what that's about, okay? Let me see if I can find it here. Um, I know tonight is a little off, y'all. I don't really have a show tonight, so I'm going out the top of my head, okay? So y'all give me, uh, you know, give me a moment. Hmm? Okay. 
I thought I had it, but I don't. I don't see it anywhere. Okay, we'll play this. Uh, let's play uh, um, Mary Jane Girls all night. Okay, it's the CC show. I'll be back in a moment, y'all. Okay. Hey boy, would you meet me on the roof tonight? I got a surprise for you.
the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, you guys, we are back on the CC Show, and we are talking late night hot topics. Okay, I want to get into uh, recapping Time of Essence, episode four. I am not watching this year, so I, I probably will watch it, but, you know, I'm trying not to, but <laughs> I may go ahead and watch it. But it says, in the new millennium, this is from MSN.com, but it says, in the new millennium, MS, Essence is in her prime, in spite of the reluctance to highlight the immersion genre of hip-hop, the publication eventually got on board. The 2000s brought with them growth and drastic change for black women, said Essence Venture President CEO Carolina Wanger. Of course, because that's what Carolina Wanger is trying to do. But during the era of Susan Taylor, that wasn't coming in too too much, okay? But the nation will be – I don't really like Carolina Wanger as Essence CEO either because she is – so to me, Carolina Wanger is sort of kind of trying to become what Susan Taylor became – being a CEO, she I think she's confusing being CEO with being the face of Essence. She's trying to do what um, uh, what uh, what Susan did so effortlessly, and I don't buy her head. I just don't. I really don't. And I really don't think that she understands the dynamic of it being an African American. I think they get so offended by African Americans claiming their own their own uh, culture and stuff that it's it's a small offense to her. You know what I'm saying? So I think that sometimes they're instead of like I feel like Susan understood that. Even though Susan is her her background is Caribbean, but Susan had been at in America. Her family had she's been here. I think her family had been here since the 1920s or 30s or something like that. So very much understood the Black American uh, um, a dynamic. I think and. And I just feel like Susan cared for the people. I, I really think she cared for the women. I really think. I and, and 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 yes, did it probably make her busy some year time? Hell yeah! I bet it was. Brandon, y'all talk about uh, what's her name? Y'all made a whole movie of her bitchy ass, and she's still hanging out at the uh, 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 Vogue with her old ass. Who's that? What's her girl? What's her name? I got some merch. I like her though. She's a Scorpio. What's her name? Uh, what's up? What's up? What's her old ass? What's her name? What's, I done went blank. Uh, uh, for who she is? I done went. Lord, I can't can't believe I done went blank. Anna Winter. Uh, Anna Winter's old ass been hanging out for the longest. Okay, and known to be the bitch of bitches to protect both. And she done did a. Let me say this about Anna Scorpio. You done did a hell of a job, Scorpio, even though they just said you you the, the devil wears Prada is about your ass, okay? <laughs> but that 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 heifer is still raining, okay? Still over there running boats. <laughs> y'all talking, and y'all trying to come for Susan? I will not have it. I will not have any Susan Taylor slander. The best years of Essence, Essence is gone now, but the best years of Essence was Susan Taylor era. The Susan Taylor, I said what I said. Okay. Susan, the best times that Essence was the Susan Taylor. And I always used to see Susan, I remember I first started going to Essence, said she'd be walking around the festival so gracious and graceful, like a dove, like talking to the people. Like she was just, I'd be like, this is, this is the bomb. 
okay? Carolina Wangers, I don't buy you at all. I just don't, okay? But anyway, it says the nation will be uh, rocked to its core by a national tragedy, 9-11, taking place anytime I was at the However, if the competition in the publication industry was bubbling up, has Bob became a formidable competitor? Bob is not a competitor to Essence. I don't know why anybody would think that. Bob was a hip-hop magazine. Essence is the only thing that Bob and Essence got in, tr- in common is black people. Bob was was created by Quincy Jones and was black man. But Essence is not the same fucking thing as Bob. Essence and Bob had two different groups reading it. I don't know who the fuck wrote this article. They must have been two two different people. Now I read Bob because I liked hip hop back then, but I also read Essence. I knew Essence was the more classier thing. Essence had the more uh articles in there about business and stuff like that. What are they talking about? What's the competition? Competition for against who? I don't know what they're talking about. So found important is Ed Lewis showed interest in person that has a petitional addition to the growing Essence brand. Lewis went to meet with Don Logan, then president of Time Inc. And instead of focusing on purchasing by the conversation pivoted to Time Inc.'s interest in investing in Essence. Oh, God, a mistake. Logan initially wanted to buy 10% of Essence, but then, which then increased to 50% because they were planning to ruin Essence. Okay, that's all I'm just telling you. To so, my personal opinion. To which Lewis declined and feared, uh, and feared tech readership would not approve a partial owner from a larger white company. The two negotiated 49% deal, and the company would maintain the remaining 51. Timing paid $143 million for the 49% share of the magazine. Though there was some disappointment from readers from the buyout, it was editor-in-chief Susan L. Taylor who helped to press the brand forward. Though she was stepped down in 2000 following nearly a two-decade reign, I heard they pushed her out. Monique Greenwood was her successor, brought on by Taylor herself, while Taylor stepped out in the EIC role. She remained an integral part of the magazine, becoming editor-at-large, which Greenwood reportedly directed to her. The magazine celebrated its 30th anniversary in May 2000, which was the standout cover featuring Queen Latifah. Oh, you know, they all this stuff. Okay. The reluctance to embrace hip-hop was holding the publication back. I disagree with that. And prior, I, I want to know the numbers now without that answer festival. At Essence Festival, I bet it's holding that shit up. And prior to fully opening up the general, well, that was abrasive and objectifying women. Essence took the opportunity to pen a letter to Rapper Lil' Kim to discuss her representation of black women. Okay, so they're going at Greenwell lasted at Essence just one year before Diane Weathers could take her place in 2001, also bought on by Taylor. Um, Weathers took a different approach in her attempt to extend a purview of Essence, enter sway fashion-focused little sister S to Essence. However, the magazine only lasted four issues due to Time Inc. bringing in Susan Boyd, who was seemingly out of touch with the black women audience. In 2004, Time Inc. approached Lewis about purchasing the remaining 51% of Essence. Oh, my God, a huge mistake. And the deal was closed in 2005 for $190 million. It was really traumatic, said Teresa Masson, department chair for advertising and public relations at Michigan State University. It was traumatic in the black community. It was traumatic for black women, mostly in thinking they don't understand us. They don't respect us. They don't know us. With a complete buyout from Tommy, and it's the same thing now, because you're asking two different uh, culturally, uh, and, and, and it feels like there's a force of globalism. I don't believe, I'm going to tell you what I don't believe. I do not believe that Essence Magazine is fully owned black. It's fully black owned. I believe they're backed by money, rich ladies. I see what I say. That's my belief. Because when they say, uh, he, Rich Lou and his partners, who's your partners? Okay. So, I, yeah, I, I feel they're the front. 
I think it's a front for, glo- for globalist agenda and to reshape the magazine and reshape the ideas and try to reshape the ideas of black American women. Okay. And black American women can tell, okay. Cause people were telling all this year. Okay. A lot of people saying, what happened to Anthony? Do anybody read that magazine anymore? I don't think so. What you mean? But they're going through this whole thing about essence, and they talk about uh, Susan Taylor during that time. And, you know, I, from what I've seen the previews, I can't say completely, but they try to brand Susan a little bit as a bitch or a little bit. But listen, let me tell you something. You running a big magazine like that, the way she ran it effectively and efficiently, and she was the face of it for over 20 years, shout out to Bitchy ass Susan Taylor, okay? Because you got bitchy ass Anna Winter over there who's fucking standing on Vogue. Dare anybody to come to Vogue? Dare you? Dare you? <laughs> That's popular. Like I dare you. I'm running this shit till I say so. <laughs> Anna Winter over there. I wish y'all would come for me. You little young whippersnappers. Somebody might eventually get her, but I don't know. <laughs> Anna damn near 80. She and then Anna standing over there like, I wish she would. See, Susan didn't even do that. Susan went out and bowed out gracefully. You got damn Anna over there like she own fucking Berlin. She she literally do. <laughs> Anna like, bitch, you ain't, I wish I would come from me. With her glasses on at the fashion shows, that old ass Bob and shit. She ain't like shit. Y'all ain't fucking with it. Okay, okay. That Scorpio energy in its fullest form. <laughs> Susan's so sweet and always has been appeared graceful. If she got a little bitchy from time to time in order to protect the magazine and its branding, so be it. Okay, it ain't shit now. So Susan, that shows that without you, they went just good right on downhill. Still going downhill fast. Okay. Hey, baby, out here. And the reason they kind of they they talk about another that they talk about another editor that Susan went to get, uh, and that she didn't like some of the things I guess the person was doing and Susan like they said kind of dismissed her and stuff like that. But I'm gonna be honest, I can look at the chick. She didn't have to look for it. She had it was just a lot of stuff there. I can see it. And yes, Susan Taylor's gonna be protective of that baby, her baby, because she's been over this shit for twenty some years, and she built a hell of a brand. With them, those two guys, those three guys, which was dumb for hell for selling it. I would have never sold that shit. That would be it probably made them for it. I don't know. Listen, all I'm saying is Tom Warner did not do a good job, and uh, the, these people are not doing a good job, whoever they are. Okay. I don't know. They say it's rich reviewing the Africans. They might be uh, Africans, the face, Africans are the face with still white capitalism behind it. Okay. See, it's what I see. Haley Berry triggers fresh pregnancy rumors. Last month, there were rumors that actress, this is according to ronsonsmooch.com, that actress Haley Bailey was expecting a baby with her boyfriend, YouTuber DDG. Now the rumors have gone into overdue. A video circulating online appears to show Haley with child. Like, it shows her kind of like having a baby bump.
I don't know if Haley Berry is pregnant, okay? All I'll say is this is that babies are a blessing, okay? And when they come, sometimes they come to give your monkey ass focus, which I'm about to talk about Krishan Rock in a minute, okay? who looks like her baby is trying to bring her a sense of focus. And that's going to take time because her ass been out here wilding out for a minute. It don't immediately happen overnight, okay? Now, Haley Bailey looks like a girl who got it all together in public. She looks nice and neat, but she might not be shit in her in her real life. You know what I'm saying? That's why she might be with D.D. This is who was out here rapping about her and singing about her ass. Somebody he was jealous. He made. I don't care if he was playing. I wouldn't have let you made no fucking sucking about me like that. And yeah, even if it implied to me, okay. But she young and she dumb. She got to learn. Life got to go. You know, you got to learn. Yo, you got to get your. You got to get knocked up your noggin a couple of times before you understand. Damn, this ain't good. And maybe if she is pregnant, this is the knock up outside her noggin. Okay. Little Disney girl, you'll go from being the Disney queen. To the pregnant, to the pregnant, none, not hearing about you too much. Listen, young ladies, you got to understand time, okay? Don't let these celebrity girls. But I'm not saying Haley, Holly's pregnant. She may Haley's pregnant. She may not be pregnant at all. They people might be having rumors out here on her. All I know is I hope not, sir. If you are, you done fucked up your Disney check, even though Disney's going down too, but you done fucked up your Disney check and you fucking up future checks and you done, you gonna be you gonna be out here with a baby. At least you got the coins to help. But you was just now coming I, I, you know, it it changes things in the game when you have a baby. Not that you shouldn't be a mother, but there's it's timing for that shit. And you knew you had a little dusty ass Negro. I said what I said. She knows his ass is dusty because he done made his son. Hmm? He done made that little dusty-ass son, whether he was playing or not. It's still a dusty-ass son, whether he was trying to create publicity or not. Talking about, I'm not, I might talk about he was going to trap somebody and all that. His ass would be gone as fast as I was. My head could be. I'd be out there. Get your ass out the door. I would, I'd be put. But little young girls got to find out the hard way. And one of the hard ways you will find out sometimes is procreating with a foot. And so, Haley Bailey, if you are pregnant, it was not quite the smart move. But babies are a blessing, and they are there to give you focus and to help you see. I was talking to my friend tonight. We was talking to her daughter, and she was talking about the man she was with her before she she got in, uh, uh, with they did. And she was talking about when her teenager, she was saying, she said, it took me years to figure out I was with a fool. She said, it wasn't until I got pregnant and my baby was a month old and I was riding down the street looking for his ass. And it suddenly became clear to me. My baby, I didn't want my baby to be in this shit. I said, there you go. That's what babies are supposed to do because it's another human there. And a, and a baby is an extreme way to make you get your shit straight. So if Haley Bailey, if she's pregnant, then this baby is here to help you get your shit straight and not run around with DDG. And you still run around with that fool uh, with him rapping or he ain't made no changes or nothing like that, well, you get what you get. But that's what babies are supposed to do. It's supposed to bring about a sense of focus. Like, you know what? I got to change the game. 
Dang, I done messed up my shit. I done messed up my check. And I done got me out here with a, I done got pregnant by a tack head who was saying they was jealous of me on wax, allegedly. Now I got to change the game for this baby, so that this baby don't end up being a tacky. That's what I'm supposed to do. Speaking of change, Krishan Jeez. If you ever want to see why you should not have a baby. I'm not saying Krishan was perfect because Krishan was definitely not perfect. She been in this shit too. But Krishan is took her baby to church. She trying, she trying, she like shit. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying. Took her baby to church to baptize baby. It, it, now it's gonna take a long. It take a it take a minute to to, to, to change for to start to uh 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 uh, uh, uh seep in. But it does happen. You got to give it time. She, she's in the beginning stages. Y'all, y'all want her to change overnight. She, it ain't going to happen overnight, but she is starting to change. She took her baby to get baptized uh, uh, today, I think, or yesterday, or was it yesterday in church or something like that. It was just, she, she is trying. And this tech kid, man, she didn't get pregnant by He's over there talking about him and the other woman taking a baby, and she... Blue face brass fish on rock over baby name and now delete sweet tweet. She just had her baby. This mofo is he was the same Negro that told her he hoped she crapped out with the DNA. And now he's fucking talking about he's worried about the baby. What kind of shit you got going on? If I was Krishan, I'd be like, Can I get the lawyers can can somebody get the paperwork again? I want please sign off on your child. Please give me free. And you can talk to him when you become an adult and decide what you want to do. I can't have your see because some men are here, they just there to harass you. He gonna harass her now. Over the weekend, this is according to hot hip hot new hip hop dot com. Over the weekend, reality TV fans all over the world away the blue face reaction of Christian Rock finally giving birth. Her labor took place on Saturday and she even live streaming on Instagram live so that the fans this was last week. Get updates as they happened. Blue wasn't there. He was with his other baby mama, Jaden Alexis. And he was all on that gram, showing the woman out, dancing around with the woman and everything. While he know that girl's in labor. It took him a few days to craft any public comment whatsoever at the baby's birth. But eventually he took Twitter with a thread criticizing Rock for a myriad of reasons. Rock is not dumb. She's actually very smart. She manipulated me to think that think she was all about me because she got right the right position to change the narrative. Thank God. I'm glad she asked more. She did everything for attention. Let's go over the facts. I have two kids. Never was able to record the birth due to hospital rules, he said in a tweet last night according to Hip Hop VX. Well, she was. He also added that uh, that Krishan Rock wants to be an actress and is manipulating the public. So what? Good for her. She got a goal, motherfucker. What about your goal? With the goal in mind, she is manipulating all of us. Who puts jury before they go into? Who puts on jury before they go into labor? 
she's literally an actor. That's her real dream. It wasn't she wasn't acting when that baby was coming through that cooch. I tell you that she looked like she was in pain. She took acting classes all through classes. She damn near professional. She would get dialed up to go on live and cry whenever she was, uh, whenever she was in the hot seat of publicity. So what? He went on to criticize her baby name and said shit about the baby. That's why you know he ain't shit. Okay. Now, um, except to criticize. Okay. Now, Krishan trying her baby. Even if she's acting, how she trying? Okay, she's looking like she's caring. Okay, this is the sum of this. In the name of get your hands on the baby. That is above every name. We dedicate this child unto you. We dedicate his life unto you. And every attack that's set up against them, we render it, render it null and void. Now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, cover her, cover him. And even as it relates to his father, we cover him in prayer. Every attack that the devil has against his life, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We decree that blessings shall abound on you, Krishan. That you are a product of the purpose of God and not just a product of your parents' passion. That God foreknew you. And before you were formed in your mama's belly, he ordained you. And he called you to seek the nation. Okay, if she is she faking, she needs a grant. Okay, that's not, I mean, she need an Oscar, okay, right now. Give her her Oscar, okay? This little girl, this girl is been through. And, yes, reality TV and all that, yes, she play out to that and everything, but you can tell she's serious right now. She's trying. That's why you got to be careful who you have baby you, you, you Girls, I can't tell you enough. I'm telling you, I done seen it. Lord, I, seen, I got one friend I saw her for years. I mean, she struggled. I remember she used to argue with her, this man, for $60. Child, not a month, not a week, a month. I said, I said, look, she'd be crying. I said, girl, I'm trying to get her to pay your child support. I remember I thought it was a lot of child support money one time. I was over there. I said, what's up? What are you doing? And how much you get to it? $60. I said, how much? She said, $60. I said, take half his ass out off. I remember my friend fell out laughing. That was over. I she said, "What?" I said, "Have his ass sign off on your kid." I said, "Girl, you ain't. I know you ain't up here arguing with nobody for no sixty dollars a month. His bum ass ain't do shit. Can't take shit. I you can't get an extra job and work. Tell him go take his bum ass. She was. I mean, tortured herself. He was always critical. You ain't. I didn't ask for no baby. I didn't do this. Oh, I would have had his bum ass sign off. Ooh, he's a bomb. He's a, he's a bomb. To this day, still like that. Child, the child is wrong now, okay? I'm just telling you, sometimes you girls deserve peace of mind. If somebody tell you they don't want that kid, sometimes you got to be like, shit, okay, damn, let me, because let me, I don't want to be arguing. Because <laughs> Christian, I will say this, he was, she was constantly trying to get pregnant by his bum ass, and she thought he was a bum, okay? 
but now the baby is here. And talk about doing, letting the baby do what it's supposed to do, which is hopefully change her for the better. Hopefully stop her from making these dumb, 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 dumb choices in males. You can't get it perfect, but you can get it close. I mean, get it right. Okay? Dumb choices. You got to argue with him and another helper over the bay. Uh, he's over there with the other woman. He's like, yeah, you got to argue with him to be with your It's just, oh, I just, oh, I can't stand on that. You that. I can, you, you, that. You lose me. I'd be like, give me my shit. Give me my, don't come see my baby. Stay away from me. Shit. Hands on that. I'm going to have time for you sitting up here arguing about this baby. Here, this girl got this baby in church. She ain't nowhere to be seen. All he do is come on and criticize her. Crazy. Hmm. Shout out to Krishan. I, I wish you and your baby well. And look, they even prayed for, they prayed for Blueface. They covered his ass. This tight tripe girl. Child. I ain't got time. Let's talk about old school players, Stephen A. Smith and Sharon Sharp having this discussion on Club Shay Shay this week. Stephen A. said he will cancel a woman in a heartbeat that talks about my business. Oh, I like play it, play it. Come to Himalayas. Check it out. What about Stephen A.'s private life? Yep. You, like myself, are very, very private. Yep. How have you been able to maintain that level of privacy? Um, number one, I'm quick to tell somebody to mind their damn business. <laughs> you, know, I, I don't, you know, and that's a kind way of putting it. Um, and I will cancel a woman in a heartbeat that talks about my business. She utters my name. What? Publicly. About us. She gone. I wouldn't have She's happy for us. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. You know why? Because I want you to know who my woman is when she's missing. I'm talking about publicly. Right. I'm not talking about, you know, Shannon going Shannon go meet my girl. Right. You know, Jamie's met my girl. Yeah. Right. I'm not talking about that. Yeah. I'm talking about announcing that you see us and people talk. Oh, no. Let them talk. You better not talk. I will cancel you quicker than so you can. So she can't post nothing on IG? Never. I would, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't make it to my crib. That's why I'm telling you, I'm not, I'm not joking. She wouldn't make it to my crib. I'm <laughs> she can live five minutes away. She'd be gone by five, five minutes. I don't play that. Because here's the thing. I'm in the public eye. Yes. Let me tell you what, the test, what I detest. And I've never done this to another man. It makes me cringe when it happens to a man. I can't get over how these stars, you or somebody else, well, that's who he used to mess with. Yeah, they, nah, they do. Nah, 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 nah. I mean, like, who are you talking about? Like, it, it could be an ex. I don't know who you talking about. That's a friend. I don't know who you talking about. Stephen, you used to mess with who? I don't know what you're talking right. about. Ain't none of your business. Right. I'm not, I'm not doing that. Okay. You know, when she missed the Smith, you don't know who she is. Old school player from the Himalaya. Okay, let's talk about it, okay? Listen, I don't know, no, no, are y'all checking who Stephen A. Smith who is? Are y'all out here, is the blogs out here following Stephen A. Smith around? Are y'all out here with the, with the, the, the video trying to see who he dates? <laughs> <laughs> Shannon and I get it, right? but y'all out here looking for Stephen? I don't think y'all looking for Stephen like that. She is. I don't think y'all even look for Shannon like that. Okay, let me, let me just say this, okay? This is, listen, listen, listen. Old school players do this, okay? First of all, I'm a, I'm a very private person. I'm a scrubby guy. Listen, if I was back out in these streets, they better not know. I don't want a muffle. I don't want to. I'm, I'm funny, okay? I'm, 
I am. Shit, I'm funny. I'm funny. <laughs> I don't know about what you tell about me either. <laughs> I, I shit, I want my shit quiet too. Okay, well, a lot of times with men like this, I'm going to tell you the truth. They got about two and three, and they haven't decided on the mother, on the fucker, and they don't want no problems, Okay. <laughs> no, 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 I'm talking about old school players, okay? This is my this is my assessment. This is Carlotto one oh one, okay? They want to be able to assess these women in private. They haven't made a true decision on you. Oh, come on. We ain't dumb girls. Okay? Yeah, when he said, I don't want you out here, I don't want you you mimic my name. You say my man's name a little bit. And you know what? I don't mind that. Maybe she ain't made a decision on your ass either. And in Shannon's case, <laughs> I mean, Shannon, Shannon said he paid for a damn divorce, right? Okay, so we know we, you know, it's a, these men be having a, a, a brevy of choices, okay? And they want to make their choices in peace, and they don't want y'all arguing when one bitch found out about another bitch, and another bitch found out the other bitch is over here at 912 and 816 and 713. <laughs> I heard a story a few weeks ago about a dude. I heard about dude paying money <laughs> to keep them in line, Tav. I said, I know that's right. They they pay they say they pay with they have a non disclosure agreement when they leave in a check, okay? That you will not mention my ass, okay? <laughs> so when you get that kind of thing, especially we <laughs> But I see, I'm, I'm, I'm a Scorpio too. I can respect that. I can respect that game. I was like, I got that. I'm respect you. Don't put me. I be telling Stephen A. and and Steve, and Shannon, uh, you better not mention my name. <laughs> they get it opposite with me. I don't want to even get a flick. Huh? If I get a flick, if I'm even looking like I'm next to you, I don't want. They be like, you ain't the big dog. Yes, I am. And in my head, I'm the big dog. I don't want nobody to know about you. I don't want women harassing me. <laughs> but they, cause you know they got, cause you know when men like that famous men, they be having lots of women, okay? And some of them be cray cray. No, no, no. We can talk about, and some of them will be be taking, you know, they be, they be out here. And they be really like, you know, they'll it's women out here be like they they after the bag, okay? Especially with me and like Shannon Sharp and Stephen A and all this stuff. And I don't want chicks calling my phone. <laughs> I had this happen to her. I was dating to that a lot of women liked, right? He, he, and I was like, hey, he started, you know, he was really starting to be, like, for real. He wanted to be serious. I'm like, damn, you nah, he's really trying to go. Like, he was trying to go for it. I was like, oh, this is going to cost some shit. This is going to cost some shit. He's going to try. And he tried, like, to brand me out in public one time. I didn't like it. I was like, this motherfucker. It was something the way he did it. That, about two days later, ring, my phone was ringing. It was a chick on the phone. Um, hi. I'm such and such, such and such. I'm his girlfriend. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, I suggest you call him and straighten it out. <laughs> but I was mad because bitches knew my phone number. And now I had bitches upset, like, uh, mad. And I said, why is that? See, I said, if you hadn't did that, 
I wouldn't have to deal with these other people. That's not my girlfriend. That's not, I don't even, that ain't they. You know, four years. I said, but if you had to listen to me, it kept my ass where I was supposed, where I wanted, then I wouldn't have, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have this shit. So you got to turn it back on the play. You got to turn it back on the ass. Nah, nah playboy, I don't want to be out of book. <laughs> then go chase. He was sick. He was sad. He was sad. I cut it off. I was like, uh-uh, I ain't having to out my house. They ain't calling my house. They're not harassing me. Take that on somewhere. Okay, that's how you have to handle season A and, and, and Shannon Short. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. You be saying, I don't want these chicks calling my phone either. <laughs> I know you got about five or six of them. I don't want to talk. I want you to decide. You decide in public, but you will not have me out here for it as a moving target. <laughs> you will not have me as a new old school player. You want to play that game? Okay, you will not have me out here. Hey, you will not have me out here as a moving target for these heifers to come after me. I will not allow such things. <laughs> now let them know I got something to lose too. Like I don't want to be out here fighting with chicks and stuff because women will fight you for that bag when they think these dudes are the high value males. Okay. They will squash and they will dig and they will do all kinds. No, okay? You ain't in charge. I mean, I'm telling you, I don't want that either. Okay? Oh, boy, they, they, they really good. Then you be trying to get branded. Then they be trying to brand you all the time. Uh, you, why you don't want to be seen in public with me? Then it be all the time. You know, then it be different. See, you see how it changes. That's because the girls, women, have been allowing him to do that shit. But I be like, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I haven't decided yet my dance there. Let's take that These these famous men, they something there. They funny, y'all. They funny. They hilarious because they think they got choices. And they do got choices. And I'm okay with you having choices. You should be okay with you are dating famous men. Be okay with them. And if they don't taste you, that's okay. That's beautiful. Choose who you must feel, who you feel, and you must be at your side. Okay? But don't never let don't let nobody be trying. You know, you go five minutes. I'm going. You know, if you mumble my name, if you mumble my name, okay, you're the one that's a a a, a little bit of a liability here for me because I got all these other chicks to worry about, <laughs> and women can be a mess. <laughs> all right. So, but speaking of men, let's talk about Tyreek. Tyreek. Earlier this week, Tyreek sat down with an interview for the Breakfast Club. Things between him and the host escalated. At one point, however, when this is recording at HotNewsHipHop.com, however, when DJ Envy and Charlamagne the guy called him out for his past behavior, Envy recalled Tyree talking crazy to his wife and saying that's why he took a step back from the artist. I never talked to your wife in a disrespectful manner. How would you know, Tyrese, you were on psych meetings? And you talked to mine in a disrespectful manner, he described. And I never told nobody that. Okay, listen here. These boys are arguing over this. I believe DJ Envy and Charlemagne. I don't know what, if you were on psych meds or whatever, but what is the excuse now, Tyrese? Because Tyrese got off of the – it seemed like everything was fine with uh, DJ – him and DJ Envy and Charlemagne. But then we hear this.
Christian I'm going to let you. It's to wisdom. Is it ever you, Tyrese? Is it ever just your fault? Is it ever just like, damn, yeah, I was on that psych meds. I said some real shit. I'm sorry, y'all. Damn. That's messed up. I'm sorry. I apologize. You act like everything was okay. And then you get home talking about, like, you crying again. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I thought that was over it. Child, I ain't going to waste my time with Tyrese. Tyrese, I think that sometimes we just got to look in the mirror and we got to say, I might be the problem today. Maybe it's me. Maybe ain't nobody else with me. Maybe it's just me. I wonder if they, they block him again because the DJ Envy and them, that they blocked him because of the way he was acting before when he was on the flight mix. Child, I don't know, okay? It's a lot to, to accept with Tyrese. It's a lot. It's a, it's a whole lot going on there. It's a lot of things going on with Tyrese. Uh, and Tyrese is so super talented. He's so gifted. It's kind of sad sometimes, you know, because he spends a lot of time on drama. But he, if he spent more time on that career, boy, it'd be hot right now. He'd be hotter than hot. All right. So, talking about, even though he's still hot because he's out here talking about it. Okay, let's talk about Diana Ross, child. Uh, Diana Ross showed up this week at Beyonce's Renaissance Tour, another publicity moment. Shout out to the, Ren- the Beyonce uh, crew, publicist Miss Tina Knows, in effect. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and the tickets been going through the roof, too, because that's you've been having a lot of celebrity. That's all publicity. That's all game. Okay. Well, Lionel Richie was talking about, hey, he's been trying to invite Diana Ross to sing Endless Love with him for years. And she ain't never showed up. Check this out. Thirty-seven years. Diana said no. What made you think the night she was gonna show up? Ain't coming. You over there. We can have a birthday with Beyonce. There was rumors that they didn't get along during the time, during the thing of endless love or whatever. But Diana, that's your biggest hit. One of your biggest hits is endless love that Lionel Richie delivered to you on a silver platter. Now I used to hear back in the day how Diana Ross could be quite the bitch. No, no, no. Okay, it's true. Allegedly, 
There's notorious rumors about Diana Ross being quite the bitch. Diana went over there singing happy birthday. She didn't even really wear one, but y'all found the face. She's like, oh, yeah, happy birthday to you, girl, but let me bask in all this glory. <laughs> but anyway, you know what I'm saying. Listen, Diana, okay, go over there and sing in this love one good time with Lionel Richie. Why not? It was your biggest hit. Give the fans that. Give the fans a moment. Yeah, damn near 80. Whatever happened, forgive. But Diana Ross, I can't wait to see the story on her fucking life. Diana Ross is the life right now. I want to see her in Motown. The whole Motown should, should bang up. I want Barry to sign off on all that shit at Motown. And I want to hear Diana Ross' life story because Diana Ross is really a trip. Okay, Diana Ross tried to pass Chutney off of being that white man's child. You know she's a full ass, crazy ass Aries. <laughs> crazy ass Popeye. I was like, who was believe Diana, who do you think was going to believe that story? You know Diana Ross. They say Diana, back in the day, was one with Smokey and Mary. <laughs> oh, I love that Aries. That Aries is wild. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I can't wait to see that movie. What? That's going to be good, Diana. That's some good shit. Diana's got a good story. And we and Diana don't be trying to fake it off. You know, you, we know you was a trip. The Wiz. I want to hear the full story of how you got the Wiz from Stephanie Mills, okay? At damn near thirty. <laughs> Diana, something else, y'all. Okay, okay. She's now that's what made her the diva that she is today, y'all. Hey, I love me. I like some Diana Ross. Love me some Diana Ross. But I'm child, I can't wait to hear that life story, okay? There's a lot of shit coming with Miss Diana Ross, okay? It's Diana the boss, okay? Oh, I want, that's the one story I want to hear. I want to know how she, how was you going with Barry and Smokey, the head songwriter and the head in, in, in H-I-N-I-C, okay? Y'all look it up to see what that is, H-N-I-C. How was you doing <laughs> In the, what was that, in the 50s? 60s? I ain't even mentioned the marriage part. I ain't even mentioned that part. Okay? <laughs> Man, that's why I always say the real story of Motown is the, is the, is the stuff. <laughs> oh, my God. Like, Barry, what? Barry Gordy's wife got that book that she said, that's like, child, that's the one. This, this, this. Barry, come on, let it go, man. It's time to release all the stuff that happened at Motown. Oof. From Marvin and, and, and Timmy Terrell and the Tim Tate, all of it. It's time to let the house of Rick James. I love to hear the story of Motown. Stevie wants, that's what I want to hear. The story of Motown and the story of Donna Ross. Ooh, y'all talking about Child, they would have had a hot topic back in them days. You would have heard some tea. They was they was foul. They was living fast. <laughs> it was fast. I like Diana. Diana playing from the Himalaya. Okay, I said I said Diana's a player from the Himalaya. Diana, that Aries energy is in full effect. Okay. I gotta look up her uh, her chart. 
We'll just get her and make her day awake. She's she's a trip. Yeah, honey. All that. Oh, I don't know if I got time, y'all. We got, we got time. Hold on, let me see. I got little bit trying to. Let's see if we can see it. Let's see what those some of her chart is. Ooh, I don't know, y'all. I don't know if we got time. I don't know if we got it. Okay, Donna Ross. Sun and Moon and Taurus. Ascended in Scarfia. <laughs> it's a lot going on. It's a lot going on. I love it. Yes, Diana. <laughs> Your story is the one, okay? <laughs> Yo, guys, it's been so fun. Thank you so much for, hey, let me hang out with y'all, do my hot topics tonight. I hope y'all enjoy it when y'all get the hot topics uh, where y'all listen to it now. Uh, right now, like some of y'all holding the line or you listening to it uh, uh, via the computer. I, was, I thank y'all so much. Uh, We're going to leave out tonight with uh, Child, I Don't Know. <laughs> Let's leave out with, um, oh, wait a minute, uh, geez, how is this? Okay, let's leave out with Just Be Good To Me, SOSN, it's the CC show, I will see y'all uh, sometime this weekend, okay, May God bless, okay, I'm out, see y'all, y'all have a good one.
to the sound of my voice. You are listening to the archive show. Hey, I appreciate all my archive listeners so much. Whether you listen to this when you're cleaning your house or you're at work or you're doing your chores or you hanging out with uh, friends or whatever, family, whatever, I appreciate y'all so, 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 so much. I don't know for supporting me all these years on blog talk and everything. Yes, I am going to do the YouTube. I just haven't got to it yet. Okay, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting, I'm getting there. Okay. All right, you guys, thank you again. Remember, you can hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page, okay? You can also hit me up on C Chatwood Show on Twitter and Carlotta72 on Twitter. On Instagram, is Carly's underscore galaxy, okay? And, uh, you know, up there on Instagram, there's that little ad button for threads, so y'all can hit that if y'all want to hit me up on threads, okay? Again, thank you guys so much. Remember, if you want to write to me, you can also write, you can send messages on Instagram, or you can send messages in Facebook, okay? Anything about the show or something that you're wanting to hear my opinion on or whatever, Make sure you can you you hit me up that way, okay? Uh, thank you guys so much again for listening to me. Y'all have a wonderful, wonderful week, okay? We're gonna leave out with Stevie Wonder, one of my favorites, another star. It's the CC Show. I'll see y'all.